Mission is all that's going on there. Now, Donna, you got quite the vent today. It sounds like what's going on with you. Well, I wanted to voice my opinion on something that's been bothering me for a really long time. Okay. Um, I've, I've tried writing the newspaper and contacting uh, TV stations, but nobody seems to want to stay with this. So that's why I'm calling you guys. Okay, what's, the, um, what's the issue? Well, <clears throat> over the past few years, I've been involved in three separate car accidents involving deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the population and everything. Um, each of these incidents, they've occurred shortly after I saw a deer crossing sign on the highway. Well, my frustration is that Minnesota and North Dakota Departments of Transportation would allow these deer crossings to be in such high traffic areas. I mean, I've even seen them on the interstate. Why are we mm-hmm. encouraging deer? across at the interstate i don't get it that's such a high traffic area i mean you you know i understand that deer are wild animals and they need to travel across the streets occasionally to survive and now of course to find food but um it seems to me that so irresponsible of us to allow these deer crossings to be in areas where these deer are so likely to be struck by oncoming traffic i mean wouldn't you agree Um, I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, you think they would put deer crossings maybe, you know, in, you know, smaller towns, maybe during a, like at a, at a school crossing, that's, it would be a safer place for them to, to cross, what, you know, put the deer crossing sign. You know, deer crossings aren't telling deer that it's safe to cross there. It's just more of like an alert for drivers. So they know it's like a high deer population. The government put the deer crossings there. They can direct the deer population anywhere they want to by moving that deer crossing sign. I mean, you know, why in the world would they place it on the highway or the interstate? You know? I mean, God, there are so many other places I can think of than putting the deer crossings. For advertising opportunities for the following show, email us at cornerpubsports at gmail.com. It's time for the best pubcast around, Corner Pub Sports. The gang is all here gathered around the bar to bring you their opinions on the latest sports topics while drinking their favorite brews. Follow the gang on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Corner Pub Sports and on cornerpubsports.com. You can also join in the conversation by texting 267-277-3406. Now, grab a cold one, sit back, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the pub. Hi, I'm Brian Prom from the Philadelphia Flyers. You're listening to Corner Pub Short. Corner Pub Sports. Hey everybody, what is going on? Welcome to the pub. If you're listening live on, uh, or if you're watching live on Facebook, we thank you guys so much, as always. And if you're downloading the show on iTunes and Spotify and Sasso, thank you guys so much. 
We are Corner Pub Sports. What's up, guys? We are Corner Pub Sports. What's going on, guys? What's happening? Man, it's exciting, dude. Everybody should be fired up, man. This is a big show, dude. We have uh, flyers, man. All all fired up. Man, it has been a... I mean, we'll get into it, but it has been a rollercoaster of a week at the Flyers game. The ups and downs, taking a lead, giving it away. The smashing of remote. Three overtime wins, all three wins in overtime. Wild. Remote controls getting smashed. Probably. Did you snatch your remote control? I did. One of them. Did you really? You smashed your remote control and then you had to go grab it and pick, try and fix it because the game wasn't over and they ended up winning. Well, it's the remote control for the sound bar. That uh, remote control is no that remote control is no longer with us. No- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, last night, man, I, like I was like, all right, I got to go to bed. It, it, like I got to get up at four thirty, and then they scored again, and it's like I'm tired of losing hope. Yeah, I was a fucking like I was a, an emotional. Stay awake, man. Huh? Yeah, you went to bed, right, Gary? Or right? Did you fall asleep? I fell. I I tried to stay awake. I fell asleep after the first overtime. Oh man! Yeah, you know what I'm excited about? The game's finally on NBC, so my streaming isn't going to be a minute behind you guys. So I don't get text messages going, figuring out what's happening. Well, before <laughs> I, I shut my phone off in between the uh, uh, during the periods, and I just turned it back on during the um, during the intermissions. To catch up with you guys. Right. There was one point during the game last night. Sean was fucking. Best, like he was fucking livid. Like what the fuck? I'm trying to like, remember. Can't the, can't the fires ever get these fucking guys where they're diamond in the rough? Why is everybody oh. else always? Oh yeah, I'm talking about Barzell. <laughs> yeah, I mean seriously, yeah. like it's the truth, man. Uh, hold on, let me just test something because I don't know. Apparently, the stream, everyone, yeah, everyone's saying they can't hear it, and I've done everything the same. Like, hold on, let me just try this. Oh, good for you. Anything? Uh, I don't know. All right, so the stream's not going to have the soundboard tonight, but the podcast will. I don't know what's wrong. I give up this this fucking app we use. It's just awful. Um, cool. I, yeah, we'll address that later. Yeah, whatever. Fucking thing. Um, but, um, yeah, I, yeah I, like, I, I, I was fired up because, like, it's the truth, though, because, like, you know, here, here's this Barzell who is nifty, dances around, controls the puck, controls the flow on the ice when he has the puck, and can shoot it from anywhere, has great vision. Where- like he just dances around in the, in the fucking offensive zone. He's just skating around like he's a fucking ballet skater. Hit yeah, that like cock. The, like, crack, the like, hit, like break his jaw. Hit him with a stick. Fuck him. Enough the with that. They got this to a game seven, but like they can't stop that line. No, no, you're right. Like they have yeah. no answer for it. All you know the, what? every time it's that that line's on the ice, you just hope Hart doesn't Hart fucking comes through. Right. Yeah. And you know what? I I've been texting with you guys all week. The goaltender needs needs to steal a game. So yesterday, he he did okay. Not bad, not great for the first two periods. He stopped 46 fucking shots. I'm not done. Shut the fuck up. Right. 46 shots. Not in the first Shut two the periods, then it was 49, bro. So what I'm saying Still. is 
what I'm saying is from 30 seconds into the at the end of the second period on is basically 55 minutes or so yeah. of hockey that he had. That's a game's worth that he stood on his head and stole for you. Yeah, the third period and the, the, the overtime and, and yep. like almost the whole two full overtimes. Like right. they'd have lost if it wasn't for him. Yeah, the second overtime he wasn't challenged nearly as much as the first. The like, first one. The, but... the last four minutes of the third period, he got peppered. Which right. yeah. he got peppered, and in the whole first overtime, he was peppered. Yeah, they outplayed terribly. In the second overtime, I thought they outplayed the Islanders and won the game. But Hart had to stand on his head and keep him in it. Hart won them that game. Hart, I said a goaltender needs to win you a game. Again, the first two periods aside, if you're taking an actual game time period of 55 minutes, Hart did that. Yeah. So, now it's completely up. agree, Mike. Completely agree. He, he yeah. didn't look I'm his not... best. He didn't look his best the first two periods. Not that like it was all his fault that he had given up four goals. Like I think when we have this conversation, some people take it like we're blaming Hart, and we're not. But um, that like you said that the, the third period and that the basically two full overtimes. Like he, they'd have lost if it wasn't for him. Well, I mean, they they. A little bit of their breath and life came out of them when when uh, Vigno challenged that call, and there was no reason to challenge that call. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. That was yeah. That was a choice. But playing the the, the playing the other side of that, right? Vigno knew he was most likely not going to win that challenge. He gave his players the breather. But look at the response he got from his team after that challenge. Yeah. Yes, that the Islanders did take the lead. Like not too long after, but the, the Flyers kind of responded after he challenged it. But I, I, mean, I don't think the cha- I personally I don't think the challenge did anything but hurt them. I, I they gave up a goal on a, on the ensuing power play. To me, was, to me that was a dumb challenge. It was clear that he was pushed in. A, a, even the broadcast team, everyone on the broadcast team is like, there there is no reason why he should be challenging this. It didn't make any sense at all to do that. You've already you've already gotten burned by that in this series before. His challenges he's now become the Andrew Reid of challenging in, in for the Flyers right now. He, he's he doesn't like Keith, Keith Jones flat out said I cannot fathom with a coach with his tenure decides to call that as a challenge. He says I don't understand what he's thinking. Yeah, right. I, I I don't know. I don't think that I think the team just kind of basically the team. Maybe out the, the, like, like out of spite of the challenge, Man, I, I'll tell you, I don't know. I, with the fact that Varlamov, whatever his name is, didn't play well. They're talking about they're not even sure if he's gonna play. They got a controversy a little bit now, yeah. Because the two times they brought the backup in, the backups played well, yeah. But I mean, that's not going to bode off the right. Look, Gary, you said it all. Like, if you got two goaltenders, you don't have any. Right. Right. This guy, if they're changing in the middle of, even if they win, you know, the Lightning are going to, you know, tear them apart. I mean, I, I get back to back. You want to give your goaltender a rest on a back to back. And, right. you know, I understand that part. But I mean, like my brother said since the beginning, since, since we were kids. When you've got a goaltender that's hot and he's putting up numbers and he's helping you compete, you stay with him. 
I don't even mean, I don't even, like, he doesn't even have to be hot. Like, it's a recipe for disaster if you're going with two goalies in the playoffs. Like, you have to pick a guy and ride him. And, and we were you just, live and die with him. And we were just talking about, so for when, sure. when I can't. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Eventually, you got to put Joe's, um. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about Joe. Yeah, Joe here. Uh, Joe Cordano has something to say. And I, I, I 100% agree with him. And he just said something that he I was just about to hit on now. He, he basically said the Flyers scored five goals on 20 shots. Just throw shots at the goal, uh, shots at the net. He's absolutely right. And we were yeah. just going to, I was just going to say this. So after the game ended, we just talked about it before the show. From Eloff, after the game, took his helmet off, shook his head like, wow, what else do I have to do? Well, dude, like. You, you gave up five goals on 29 shots or whatever it was. That's not a good ratio. They're, like they're, they're, not, they're, get, they're getting to him. Even what Joe is saying, when you're in the power play, stop this fucking dipsy doing passing and shoot the cocksucker. Oh, my God. Yeah. 8.7% power play coming at you, man. Right, because you don't. No, it's, it's, it's at 8. Shoot it. Yeah. Shoot, shoot the fucking puck. Yo, but as bad as it's been, right, the Flyers should have probably been swept. This series should be long over. Like, I think we all agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, either that or at least five or something. They, like, no more than five. This is in game seven. Right, right. right. But, but, like, it wasn't just a goalie last night. You seen it when the, when the Flyers tied it up in the third period, and then when they won. There's a look on the Islanders players' face. Like, there, like, yeah. Like, the momentum, yeah. Yeah. Like this, pesky, I, I, this pesky Philadelphia team will not go away. Right. I think. Um. I think we might be in their head. I and think, that that that's gonna go very well the Flyers tomorrow. Yep. They're gonna be gripping the sticks pretty tight. Right. Sean said it before the show started. Like, like Flyers can play loose. There is a, the Flyers are not supposed to win. That, like there is not anymore. No this, pressure on the Flyers. This is None. they're playing with house money at this point, and it, this is one hundred percent pressure on the Islanders. They gave up a three-one series lead, and you play tighter when you give up a lead like that. Um, I just I, I mean, like. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys. I don't know. What, you yeah. Not only gave up a three-one series lead, you outplayed the Flyers in every single game. Right, you you feel yeah. defeated. You feel defeated because you don't know what else right. you're supposed to do. Uh, you know, this is it's pretty it's pretty insane. I mean, it has to be deflating for that team because they're just like, what are we supposed to do? We we peppered this guy with 50, 52 shots they had last night, I think. You know, fifty who fifty two fucking shots? Who got that? Yeah, he had like, like 40, 49 saves. It's 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 crazy. Uh, like you know, we we throw we threw the fucking kitchen sink at this fucking team. We did everything we could. We get in the overtime and we still can't get, but we can't get past them. I got a question with, with uh, goalie stats. Like, this is um, – you know how in baseball, like, a pitcher's ERA, like, like innings are taken into consideration? Are shots taken into consideration for a goalie's GAA? No. That's no? Just, no, it's just goals against uh, – It's just like the average amount of goals you give up a game? Yeah. There is, I don't even know if it's per period or save, per save, game. Save percentage is your shots. That's the shots. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so goals against average is in part three period, though, right? So I mean, if a game goes five, they're just saying whatever. So his goals against average, if if yesterday was the only game he played was four, I guess. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. Like technically, almost two games where it should be two mm-hmm. or three, 
So in hindsight, in hindsight, because of last night's game, like his his GAA might go up a half a goal. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Joe's absolutely right with this too. The turnovers and penalties are killing them. Play aggressive and no penalty. And that's the thing, though. It's a fine line because the the Islanders play such a clean game. They really they are a really disciplined team. They don't take stupid penalties. When the Flyers get aggressive, that's kind of what gets them in trouble. I mean, the one the Giroux. First of all, Giroux totally sold that slash. He who's not slash. Oh, that was perfect. That was a veteran move. And so, like stuff like that, that was a clean play. It shouldn't have been called a penalty, but it was. So it worked out in their favor. But a lot of times, man, the Flyers are doing these stupid, you know, the tripping and slashing what? and you know stuff like that. But, uh, but he's absolutely right. The, the turnovers, especially in their own zone, is killing them. They they have to stop it. If you just play smart hockey, and like I said, the Islanders are now feeling the pressure. Let them make the so, mistakes. Right. Well, that, with that being said, with as far as the penalties go. I mean, stop with the fucking p- finesse, fancy fucking passes. Just make sure you make you complete the pass. And then when you complete the pass, take a shot. Mm-hmm. Don't don't take that extra pass. If you have a shot, take it. So yeah, what there, if- there's, there's, it's there's true. And that's what I was going to say, where you said that, um, Sean, you're saying that, you know, it was a, uh, a veteran move by Drew. And um, sarcastically, I'm going to say, but was it, though? They actually gave up more shots on the power play than they actually yeah. shot. So it might, yeah. actually, it might actually be worse for them to be on the power play. Yeah, it might be better for them to stay on five on five. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah but, um, you know, when they've looked their best, at, like, like there's been chunks of, of time in the series where they've looked they, – they, they control the play. Yes. And when they stop trying to carry the puck in – when they dump it in and use the floor check because they're bigger than the, the the Islanders, like it works every time they do it, and they they just seem to get away from it for stretches. Stretches that like I I don't understand. I think I think even the high flip, the high flip out of the into the zone is is working for them pretty good. They're not giving us up as many turnovers, they've, and they've they've cleaned it up. What are you talking about? Skating through the neutral zone, Mike, rather than shooting it, dumping it in? No, I'm talking about instead of like trying to do the, the passes and the tape to tape passes or, you know, giving up the puck, flipping the puck high in the air and chasing. They're still trying yeah. they were still trying to do that a little bit late in the game yesterday. Because what they're trying to do, they're counter they're trying to counteract the Islanders' speed. They're trying to catch them off guard and get try to go for a, a breakaway type of well, chance. No, that's, I, I'm saying that that's a good thing. I don't mind them flipping it up high and doing that because I think that they're you know, they seem to be able to, like you're saying, out-muscle them and actually get the pucks instead of some of the tape-to-tapes and, and getting it giveaway and, and, you know. Right, but the thing is, the, the Islanders, they started doing that in Game 2 or Game 3, and the Islanders caught on to it, and they adjusted. But the Flyers kind of went away from it a little bit, and then late in the game yesterday when, I mean, I tell you what, that, that double overtime was just nuts because they were going back and forth, back and forth. It was going yeah. up and down the ice. Uh, it was pretty nuts. Uh, let me. I'm gonna try something here on the on the feed. Okay, I'm gonna bring us right back. Just give me one second here. All right. So everyone yep. watching, just hold on. We'll be right back in one f- second. Um. Ah, never mind. Pub never, never, nah, never mind. It won't. Oh, there we go. All right. It will save it. All right. Um. Okay. You guys, good. So well, the- yeah, I, um, All right. Harry, that is. I, I like their chances tomorrow night. What's that? I like their chances tomorrow. I like the chances tomorrow. 
Yeah, but, um, it's, it's interesting. I kind of, yeah, I mean, I, I think with the momentum the way it is, right now, I, I just, why not? Right. And, and, like, there's just something about this team. Like, like it's hard to count them out, man. It, it, I know. It's funny because like we've they been, shouldn't, been, they shouldn't have won game killed. six. They probably shouldn't have won game five. Right. And they, they probably shouldn't have won. They, they should have won, won game one, but they probably shouldn't have won game two. Now, the game that they won, game I thought two they should have won. won. They were up 3 nothing in the first period. Right, and then they gave up the three-goal lead, yeah. and they were right. being dominated in the, in the third period. Can, can we – let me try, see if you guys can hear it. I have people skills. All right, cool. All right, we got the sound on the soundboard for the Facebook Live fans. All right, cool. I don't know I don't know what happened, guys. I, I have no – I'm out of – I'm at a loss. I have no idea. Then nothing different. Well, at least now you know Now you know the first thing to try of troubleshooting it. Yeah, right, exactly. But no, can you – Stupid. That's another talk, good point by Joe. Um, that's another good point by Joe. He says uh, they have to realize the ice surface sucks the later the period goes. Um, they just have to stop the fancy shit and shoot. Yeah. And that's why the island. That's why only the Islanders get these goals because they just put the puck on net as much as they possibly can. He yeah. al- he also said keep Sandheim off the ice and they'll be fine. And Sandheim. If we were doing SSCS this week, that. he would be my SSCS this week. He okay, he, uh, and I agree. Uh, I agree with that. But what do you what do you replace him with? Ghost? He's a turnover machine. Sandheim's not doing much better. Sandheim gave up the I'm breakaway. Saying, at least with, okay, at least with Ghost, you have the offensive. Like he may score two goals. Sandheim looks like Whitey if you meet myself and Irene. <laughs> but no, I mean we we like. What was it? He just gave up on the play, and then he caused the caused the penalty. He's... Well, the one on the one goal, he he had a chance to keep it in their zone, and he tried to pinch it, and then it just bounced over his stick, and then they right. came down the ice and scored. So Ryan basically right. the... there was the other one where he fell down and then hooked the guy when they had defense back. He had to. Yeah. He had to. I don't blame him for that penalty. And then he gave, he gave up the turnover in game two that tied the game at three. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so, there was quite a few things that Sandheim has done in this series. It's really um, – and he's your top-line defenseman, right? Him and Proveroff are your top line. So, Him and Niskanen. Oh, on, right? yeah. on another note, Ivan fucking Proveroff. To score that, that like, goal last night? Ivan fucking Proveroff. Oh, man, that goal. I mean, when, it, when that puck came out towards the middle – so, so – <clears throat> Just to uh, uh, kind of recap that last play to score the, the game winner in, in overtime, double overtime in game six, Kevin Hayes has the puck. The defenseman loses his, st- his stick breaks, and now he's without yeah, he's a stick. Actually, he was going to do a slap shot or something, and then loses his stick, which is how they ended up getting the puck to begin with to try and take it down the other other end of the ice. Yeah. So you see that you're like, and you can see him going to the, trying to go to the bench, and he's oh, I need a stick. You can hear him yelling on the TV. He was screwed. He couldn't because Hayes carried the puck in the zone. And he had nothing to do. That was awesome. And he went to the uh, the right of the goalie, and then um, the puck comes out right in front of Proveroff, man. And there's Hayes, big Hayes. Oh, we got to ask that question too. Big Hayesy thirteen. Who's that by yards? Yeah, cool. Yards, huh? And that puck, nice. and that puck comes out in the middle, man. And Proveroff just sitting there by himself, just boop, you know. Uh, speaking of, yeah. Beer is done. Beer is done. 
So, what are you drinking, boys? Cheers, guys. I got, I got old traditional lager. Gary's got yards, big hazy thirteen hazy double IPA. So Gary's gonna be sleeping by the second hour of the show tonight. It's fucking nine percenter. Jesus. Ryan's got Picardi yeah, and Coke. The old staple brawler. Mike's got the brawler got from yards. Brian, how come when you hand that, when you hold that up, I think of a Nelly song? Where's the Picardi at? No, that's that, that, that's fifty cent, yo. No, it's you, Nelly. You can find me in the club. I'm, no, no, no. It's no, it's 50 no. cents. We be no, it's not. Party. Where's the Bacardi at? It's by Nelly. But I think the song you're thinking in, in of the is club. 50 cents. In the club is so Sean, what, what's club, going on with you? Bacardi. What are brothers are arguing? No, that's wrong. Fucking <laughs> Your face Shut is fucking fuck wrong. <laughs> so, so basically to come back to the Sandheim Eat Ghost. fucking pizza, Santa Claus. <laughs> basically to come back to the Sandheim Ghost comment. Which is better? You get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit. That's pretty much what you get. You get the two of them. You don't know which one's better than the other one. Who knows, man? Yeah, I mean, if anything, that's that's an upgrade that they could maybe do for next year. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think not going to be. Ghost isn't, isn't an NHL caliber. He's maybe a seventh guy that you could bring in every once in a while. Who who is that like? Who, who was? Ghost. Ghost is oh. like a seventh defender that you bring in every once in a while. What happened to him? Man, like, he, come, he comes out, his rookie season sets, sets offensive records for a defensive player and then just disappears. I don't know. Maybe man. they both got out on him. Yeah, Hackstrom. I think it, uh, he oh, fucked him up. Hackstall, yeah. Or Hackstall, <laughs> whatever the fuck his name was. Like, I think he fucked him up. Could be. What and he, he just can't. He just can't get back to, to it because if you remembered, like it was in the news where um um Ghost had had made comments about you know I'm um, being coached this way. That's not the way I'm. You, you know I was better when I was coached. That like he he clashed with Haxtell. Yeah. So so maybe like just maybe Haxtell just fucked them all up. I it's it anything's possible, man. I I can't def- refute that. It, it it might possibly be the reason. Um, it's a shame, man. He, it, I mean, he always struggled a little defensively, but he made up for it because he he was a defenseman that was going to give you fifteen goals a year. Like like so, he's still young. I mean, he still has absolutely a chance to to turn it around. Uh, Joe Cardano says he thinks he's a forward. Forgot defense is his first priority. I don't. Uh, That's maybe. I mean, I, I kind of think. The one, Maybe. the one thing I, I, I think that, that they're missing, though, is him on the power play. Because he's the perfect guy to have at the blue line on the power play. Because he can, he, he's got a howitzer for a shot, and, and he can get it through traffic. So, I, are they afraid? A, he could be such a liability defensively, though, man. I mean, but if you're giving up a shorthanded goal, then you got, you know what I mean? Like, your power play needs, yeah. a, needs a lift somehow. I hear you. Like, if you're giving up a shorthanded goal, like you got bigger problems. I right. like, like, so I, I hear you there, dude. You got to, if if he's a guy that can run the point and he has a houseler of a shot, your power play's struggling so much. You got to go with it. Like, I hear you there. I don't see Sanheim getting benched. So I, I think they're going to roll with the same thing in Game Seven that they have been. But, but I mean, what, what I'm thinking is this off season, 
replacing Sandheim's got to be top priority. Getting that one more, I think they get that one more defenseman, and they're really shoring up some things. And I don't know what they're. Nobody's really looking at their cap situation yet. And nobody should until they're out of the playoffs. But when we're doing a post boredom on the season, and look at what they, you know, I think that should be. Or maybe there's somebody in in their uh, in their minor leagues. I mean, I, it's probably not more. And, but I I, I disagree. I disagree with that being our top priority, though. This team, and we've been saying it for years. This team needs a bona fide forty goal scorer. Now, if we thought Nolan Patrick was that guy, you have to figure out: is he coming back? Is he going to be that guy? And if not, like you got to move on from somebody. Like they need a bona fide forty goal scorer. I don't agree with that. I think if you get. 15 or, you know, 10, 25 goal scorers and you spread the wealth enough. It's, it's a nice to have, it'd be great, but you may not have the money to, to spend that. It might be easier to shore up defense and get a 40 goal scorer. JVR was supposed to be that guy. It's not, 30. not when the Flyers resigned them. No, you, you, they, when they signed JVR, they knew they weren't getting much more than 25 from him. Yeah, like that, uh, if I mean, they he's thought they were getting a 40-goal guy, that's foolish. How many 40-goal scores are there, and how often do they become free agents? Right, they weren't getting a 40. They, they, knew, they thought they were getting a 30- to 35-goal score because that's what he was before he came back here. So, I mean, that's what they thought, and they're, they're not getting anything close to that. Instead, I mean, instead, what? that's what they're getting. He, yeah, he, that, he's, like, he hasn't worked out um, – Nolan Patrick, beat, like that, has set them back, man. When you when you have a number one pick, and it seems like it's not going to work out, man, it it kills you. It kills you, man. You see what kind of an impact Barzell has with the Islanders, and how much of a pain in the ass he is for the opposition. I hate, I, I hate that little. I hate that little. And, and, and Konechny is kind of. I mean, he's not on the same level. I don't think. I mean, I don't. Maybe that's a little unfair. I don't know. Barzell had his first year, I think he scored over 80 points. The last two, he's had 60. Obviously, this season was shorter. Um, he scored like 65 in 60 games, which is pretty impressive. Um, but but Konechny, just I, right now I'm a little sour on him, and it's, maybe it's a little unfair because it's you know in the playoffs when he hasn't shown up, when he's been showing up all year for you. But you think that he would have been that guy to, to – be our Barzell, right? And, and he's and he's not. Yeah, yeah. And he's, had a, he's had a serious rough go of it in the playoffs, but I, I'm not right. Like I'm not souring on him yet because no, there was no, a point. No. There was a point of this year. Konecki was the most important flyer yeah. when he wasn't in the lineup. The team just didn't look the same. You know what? The other thing, though, I think that you know, and I haven't watched as closely as you guys for the whole season, but in the playoffs, I feel that Konecki. Even when he's not scoring goals, and he's a, and, and he's you know underperforming from that, he brings a lot of intangibles. I think he's got that Keith Jones, get under skin grittiness. I think he works hard. I think he's yeah you know he's always see what he did see what he did last like, night when he, he was talking about penalties. Penalties. yeah and he was How's like he work? Oh. You, you can't work when you're on your ass. Well. Like he he blows more fucking tires than fucking Goodyear. Yo, Burgess Meredith, you want to hit that fucking? There you go with the ash. Like the fucking Burgess Meredith, the penguin with that fucking ash on the end of his fucking. 
<laughs> but no, I mean, look, I, I get it. You know, he, he's, he hasn't been perfect, but he's young and he's got that grittiness that he's going to carry throughout his career. And then he's going to be able to, you know, and if he gets to score goals and, and, you know, figures that part out, especially in the playoffs, he's, you know, he's going to have a full package of stuff that's, you know. Yeah. I mean, those are younger kids that were, were getting on and they're, the younger kids are, are, there's a lot of potential moving forward with them. What about the veterans that have not shown up? They haven't done anything. Okay, so maybe some mediocre things. I mean, JBR is starting to come on a little bit. A little bit. Played a little yeah, bit. A little bit. A little bit. Like, it, it, it seems a little different since he scored a goal. It, it's and crazy he, to say had, that about he had, the captain. He had but, but, he, yeah, he had chances, too, because, like, He's hit the crossbar quite a few times during the during the entire playoffs. He's getting his chances to just. You'd like to see him take control a little bit, right? Like, like yeah, like, like it's not even about scoring goals. It's just it's just like, you know, I'm going back a few years here, but there was a playoff series against the the, the Penguins, and he came out, he smoked Cros Crosby, and then he scored a goal, and this was all in the first minute and a half, like like. He doesn't he have to younger, early well, forward, but but come out, do something to set the tone. Right. I mean, and he really hasn't done that. What are you saying, Gary? He was a lot younger then. Yeah. I know it was yeah, eight I, years ago. But. The thing was, I, I, he's still, you know, as much as he's still gripping his stuff, you see him after every shot that doesn't go in, he's like hitting his stick against the glass, this and that. Like, you, you see him hesitate to take shots now. He's, you know. I mean, in the playoffs, this against against uh, the Canadians, and now he's hit twelve fucking posts, twelve of them. That's twelve goals he could have had. Wow, was it that many? Twelve in the past two games. Yeah, Joe. I don't know what keeps that. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Have you guys heard? What's that? About Roots? Yeah, uh, I, I haven't heard. Uh, Couturier, uh, I have not heard anything. Um, you probably won't hear it until, like, right before the game. Well, he was a game-time decision for game six. Uh, Which means he probably the same thing for he, game seven. Yeah, he, he – I think – yeah, it's got to be a game-time decision at least. Yeah, there's no well, news. Him not being – if, if he doesn't have a chance of dying, he's got to play. Game seven, is, you got to play. Yeah. Right, you're a hockey player. Like, a, if, if you, <laughs> you don't have a chance of dying, fucking Oscar Limbaugh's out there. Uh, yeah. Like, Farabee. Uh, don't give me that your knee hurts or, or your fucking elbow hurts or your shoulder hurts. Get out there and fucking play. So, like, Farabee's going to be scratched. Right? right. Spray with Windex, you cocksucker. What about Joel Farabee? We heard anything from him? I'll look that one up. Um, as I'm looking that up, what, what did you guys think about Brian Elliott playing in game four? I, 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 I'm sorry. Um, again, like, call me being, you know, stubborn here. Uh, even a back to back, you don't get many back to backs in the playoffs. Usually, this is an unusual situation, but I, I, I don't like it. I, I don't like it. Um, you know where I stand with this. E even if the heart's struggling a little bit, like you got to pick a guy in the playoffs and. You ride and die with him. Like, yeah, like, sink or swim. Like, if, if he loses the game for you, so be it. Hey. And prime example is 2010 when the Flyers 
went to the finals against the Blackhawks. Granted, that was because of injuries, because I think three goalies got hurt. But if the if the Flyers have okay goaltending in that in the final series, they raised the Stanley Cup that year. Like oh, Ryan, my counter to that is wasn't about struggling or anything like that. Just giving him a rest. He's come back, and again, we've talked about it. He hasn't. He didn't play great game five. I think that most of game six he played phenomenal. He, it wasn't just bouncing back. The fact that he might have had that, that time off, that rest, the extra day, extra two days, might have been what's put him in position. If he played back to back, he might not have been, um, you know, is as um, refreshed, I guess. To do it, I know he's 22-year-olds. It shouldn't matter. You're an NHL goaltender, so what if you have to play a back-to-back game? That's what we're paying you for. Get it between the pipes. And, uh, Joel, I'm yeah. not saying it's not. It's not. I'm not saying that he wouldn't have done it. I'm just saying that they may be better off at this point now because they sat him. I mean, and, game five and six. That's, that's a good point, Mike, and like a valid argument, and I get it. But they all, might also win game four if Hart plays. Um, Elliot, Elliot was fine, though. I, I thought Elliot was okay. I, I, I didn't have any problems with Elliot that game. No, no, no. Like, he did – again, but you never – Hart's the better goalie. We all agree there. But the last um, back-to-back was horrendous for him, you know. So, right. you know. It was. Like, it's a valid argument. Like, I get it. I'm just on the train of thought. You just ride the guy. You just ride him. That's giggity, why you're here. Giggity, what if, what if Elliot played game four and he played unbelievable to Doesn't... where you had to start him in game five? No, you don't. You don't have to start him. You never had to start him. He's. It wasn't. It wasn't. So if, the, if the Islanders have forty-eight shots and he shots them out, you don't have to start him in game five. Nope. Hart's no, your guy. Corey Hart. He was Corey Hart. there to Just give him a breather for the Corey day. Hart. Back to back day. Carter Hart's your guy. I mean, Carter Hart had two shutouts in the last year. So, you know, I, I you got to go back. With the, you're going to ruin that kid's psyche if you, if, you know, if you take him out of that series just because Ellie had a good game. I, it's not like Hart has been any bit of problem for them to this point. So, uh, and uh, Joel Farabee is uh, uncertain. They're still not sure about him. So, yeah, like the games the Fires lost, they didn't lose because of Hart. No. No. I mean, the, the one game when he was pulled in the first series against Canadians, that was a little rough. You know, he didn't look good that game. But he's looked – I don't think there's been any other game where I'm like, oh, my God, he looks terrible tonight. Like, And you know what? I, I the, the other thing is I'm not really too worried about it, Hart's psyche. Hart seems to be pretty uh, pretty good with that. Yeah, like and that's, that's, back, yeah. that's actually one of his um, – like his strengths that everybody says about him. His mental toughness is like – it's unbelievable that he's only 22 years old. Yeah. Because his mental psyche, like, you can't shake him. Right, like, he's able to shake that bad stuff off. Like, he, he's just going to the next one. Like, like we all agree that he's given up some weak goals in this series, which he has. Um, Again, he's not the reason why they've lost some games. But, like, like he's just on to the next one. He immediately forgets about it. Yeah. Last night, Ryan, at the at, like the last two minutes of the third period, like he he had some problems. He was struggling. 
And dude, in the in the in the two overtime series, nothing, dude. He was lights out. Yeah, he was. Yeah, they're right. not. I mean, like, like, and we've in the text thread, we we've said, oh, he's got to save that one. Like, he can't let that one in. But honestly, all the ones the he's Flyers saved. are not in a game seven if it's not for Carter Hart. Yeah, I mean, he's outplayed. I think he's outplayed for Lamoff. Oh yeah, overall. significantly. Oh yeah, big yeah. time. Big time. And last night was just. The, the icing on the cake. I mean, you, you saw the difference between the two. Um, so the question is, can the Flyers get past game seven and move on? Thank you for asking well, that. Ryan just said that he thinks that they can. They got all the momentum. I called it. I certainly didn't expect it to go this way, but I called them winning a tough series game. Yeah, me and you agreed on that. With me and you both called them Flyers in seven. Yeah. Um, so... I, you know, after game five, I w- didn't think I'd be in a position to even consider it. But, yeah, why not? Why not? Flyers win win tomorrow. Yeah, I thought if they forced games – if they won game six, they were going to win game seven because of momentum and because of the pressure situation. And I, I'm going to stick to that. I think they win tomorrow night. Me yeah, too. I'm, yeah. I'm on the same um, – I don't Flyers. think – I think it's a hard to like. I think it kind of goes the way the series is going. There's going to be times in the game where we're like, "What the fuck?" The Islanders are going to have the lead at some point. The right, have the lead. Right. The I, come back and take the lead. Like a stupid bounce, um, an unbelievable save, um, a click on the power play. I, I just, I, I think we're in their heads. I think the Flyers prevail tomorrow night. Well, I think just what you just said, the Flyers are in their heads. I think that the Flyers get off to a a lead to start one two nothing at the end of the first it's over i think that i don't know man not the way not the way that the islanders have have fought back every other game i know this one's different because now they're in their heads and they're like what but they don't seem to quit so no they don't but i I think that i think that at that point the pressure is going to get to them and they're gonna be like we can't beat these guys we don't know what to do like we do everything we can we can't i it's just how i i think they're gonna win it like four to two like i think they they win it by like a goal or two yeah to that point, though, Sean, and, you know, I'm not disregarding your argument, but the Islanders are very, very, very well coached. Sure. Barry Trotz has been there. He's done that. Um, Fucking fire plug. You know, if I have to make a prediction, I think this is the, um, the tightest, closest game in the series. I'm going to say the Flyers 2-1. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you can see that. Big game for Carter Hart, man. Game seven. His first game seven. Oh, by the way, um, this is the first series in franchise history that the Flyers have won three overtime games in that series. That's The only team. And the Flyers have some significant playoff history, man. The only team to do that, to win four in a series, was the Toronto Maple Leafs in the 50s. Where every game, and they actually won four, holy four shit, four overtime yep. games, and the only game that they lost was Game Two to the Canadians, which also went to overtime. So the first five games of that series went to overtime. Oh shit! Holy yeah. shit! So could you imagine? So, could who's you your guys starting seven tomorrow night, like double overtime again, and we're fucking like, dude, I I don't know if I my heart can take it. I I don't know if I, I hear you, man. Uh, what are you gonna say, Gar? So who's you guys start a game tomorrow night for the Flyers? I think it has to be Carter Hart. Yeah. 
aside from Carter Hart? They're going to pepper. Yeah, that's too easy, right? Yeah. All right, here you go. Call Drew. Oh. I'm going connect me. I was gonna I'm, go. I'm picking somebody from that same line, Ryan. Voracek. Yeah, you've been yeah. you've been high on for <laughs> He's both the same thing. I, I was gonna say. Uh, I was also gonna say connecting, Mike. I think connecting's been kind of slithering around, and he's kind of making his way, and, and he'll finally get on the board. All right, cool. Let's see, man. We'll see what happens by the time we talk next uh, week on the show. You know, hopefully we're talking about a Flyers-Tampa Bay Lightning series. We'll see. So, should be fun. Flyers. Yeah, man. We'll see. All right, so real quick before we move on to other stuff. Um, well, first of all, I, I want to tell you guys a little joke. It's been a while since he did a joke. Oh, here we go. Oh, boy. A man gets home and tells his wife, get me a beer for, before it starts. And she's like... What? He goes, just give me a beer before it starts. So she gets him a beer. He drinks it. And then he says, quick, please get me another one before it starts. She's perplexed. She's looking at him. She's, okay. He gets it, starts drinking it. Get me another one before it starts. Finally, she's pissed off. She's like, listen here, you lazy fat cunt. You walk in here and you, and you sit down and you start barking orders at me. He goes, ah, fuck me. It started. <laughs> All right, so uh, Kentucky Derby. <laughs> How can you tell if there's a blind man on a notice beach? How's that? No. It ain't hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's almost a dad joke. Yeah, yeah that's, that would be on the dad joke Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, uh, the Kentucky Derby was delayed uh, from earlier this year because of, you know, all that other shit going on. But they're gonna they're gonna do it tomorrow. It's gonna be right before the Flyers game tomorrow night. And uh, just kind of want to go through the uh, horses' names and, and see if you guys have a favorite and uh, maybe who you think might win. So the last pile my I'm putting all my money when my cock is on fire. My cock is on fire is a ten to one odds. Oh, there is a there is a horse called My Cock Is On Fire. <laughs> I hope I wish there was. I was gonna say. I mean, I, you know, the, I know there's some crazy names. I wasn't sure if that passed. <laughs> so the, the the favorite is Tis the Law. So we're gonna call it Jiz the Law. Jiz the Law. Jiz the Law. The jizz other, in the Law. Jiz 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 in the Law. <laughs> the second one is Honor AP, which is funny because Adrian Peterson was cut today by the uh, Washington yeah, football team. Apparently, the Eagles are a front runner to sign him. Are they really? I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I might not. I might not I hate. hate it. He gets so carried a load, and you know Miles Sanders is going to miss a game or two. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. it. No, I don't. Uh, authentic is another horse. Authentic. Uh, money moves. King Gormello, Gormello, I don't know. King King Gargamel from the Gargamel, Gargamel, King Gargamel Gargamel. from the Smurfs. (laughs) Gormello. Cat's name: Azriel. 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 Major Fed is another horse. K Fed. Max Player. Max Player. Soul Volante. Don't hate the game. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. I can tell you this one's going to get stuck in fucking mud. New York traffic. 
the fuck kind of he's not winning that. The fuck kind he's of not winning. He's gonna, he's gonna be stuck in traffic. He's gonna lose game seven. That's what he's gonna do. New York. Is and that the uh, no, and enforce fuck, a, the Mets tied it up. Enforce tied it up. It's good. Ariadne's yeah. actually pitching a pretty good game. Is he? Yeah, he gave up a two-run home run. All right, what's last horse, Sean? Enforcer. Enforcer. Yeah. So force her to hey, do something Palmer. she doesn't want to do. Let's see how they blame. All right, we got millions of dollars. We're all loaded. You're going to buy a fucking racehorse. What do you name your racehorse? Go hmm. fuck yourself. <laughs> it's got to be something that's actually going to be able to be on the... Penetrate it. Oh, wait. Uh, corner pub slong. Penetrate it. Here comes penetrated passing corner pub slong. There it is. There you go. Oh, there. Penetrate my hair. <laughs> he passes my hair of my ass. Hair of my ass is coming be- behind. Hair of my ass is in the behind. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. All over my shorts. You got it all over my shorts. <laughs> someone, someone said, uh, "Beyond are, the hills." Are the horses gonna? Are the are the horses gonna be woke and have messages on their saddles? And so, and someone wrote, "What did it say? Horses against uh, oh, what the hell? Horse horses? Oh no! Was, oh, fuck, I'm gonna mess this up. It says something like horses against climate change dot org or something across the fucking saddles. The horses running around. Uh, um, I thought it was funny. Chunky peanut butter. Chunky blue chunk- waffle. Blue waffles a good. Oh, that's a good one. Blue waffles. Uh, Tokyo temp. Blue- Tokyo temp. <laughs> blue waffles running around. It's all messy. Blue <laughs> waffles. Blue waffles Tem- looking a little sluggish. <laughs> Blue Waffle doesn't perform well in the slop. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a messy track for Blue Waffle. It's not looking too good. <laughs> All right. Who's got Jukebox this week? Who's got CPS? Shit pushed in. Shit pushed in. Shit pushed in. Shit pushed in on the inside track. Shit pushed in on the inside. Shit pushed in on the inside. Oh, it looks like shit pushed in is going to move, move past Blue Waffle. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out who the... Uh... Are we doing jukebox? You're you going to finish a sentence? What the fuck? Sometimes Mike? I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I, I find it along the way. I'm trying to figure out who the father is of the three horses in the Kentucky Derby this year. Oh, then who did I think it was? Uh, 2015 winner, Aphrodite. Hermaphrodite. Smarty. Bones. Smarty Bones. Smarty Bones. No. I got five on it. All right, we ready? Yeah, go ahead, go. Yeah, jukebox. All right, so we're doing um, we're doing 2001 tonight. Wow. Nope. Number ten, Independent Women by Destiny Child. Yeah. Okay, I'll move on. Yeah. No. Number nine. Again, by Lanny Kravitz. Okay. All right. Yeah. Right. What do you think? What, what do you think it feels like, him that Jason Momoa is raising his kid? Knowing that, Jay, knowing that your son-in-law can beat your ass. 
I don't yeah. know. If, I don't know if there's much he can say about it. Um, I guess eight. You don't want to get away. <laughs> <laughs> number eight. Uh, thank you by Dido. Oh uh, yeah, the one that's yeah, that was after, yeah, that was the Eminem one. Yeah, yeah Eminem sampled yeah. it. Yeah, should just named her Dildo. Um, number seven, let me blow your mind, Eve, fe- featuring uh, Gwen Stefani. Uh, I, I I remember that one. Yeah. Number six, that. uh, if you're going by Matchbox Twenty, that fucking band. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck yeah um i actually like this song um i'm real by jennifer lopez and ja rule i remember that one yeah. way you do uh, way, the way way. you talk the way Yo, you lose my mind up in here up in yeah the fake, the, the, he's a fake ass dms yeah, he is the fake dms he's fiat um, number four looks like um, tippy turtle number four drops a juke by train. What does it say? Jops of Jews? I hate that song. Jo- Drops of Jupiter. Oh, I thought you said Jops of Jews. I was like, what? No. Who wrote this? Sean, this is a perfectly correct show. You're, you think um, cut number out. Three. Number three, All For You by Janet Jackson. I don't remember that one. I don't remember, I don't remember that one, no. I'm sure if I heard it, I remember it. Number two, I ain't gonna lie. I absolutely love this song. This chick's voice gives me a hard one. Um, Fallen by Alicia Keys. She, she's yeah. yeah, like her voice does something to me, man. Um, number one, number one, Hanging by a Moment by Lifehouse. Hanging by a Moment here with you. Why do I know? Um, why do I know? All right, so uh, you would know it, Sean. Yeah. If you heard it, you'd know it. You don't know it, Sean? I don't remember. I don't know. I can't tell what Gary's right. beautiful like, singer if you voice. Knew, like, if, if it came on as soon as it started, you'd be like, oh. Oh, okay. And you'd be like, oh, ew. Oh. You're right. Right. Um, some, some honorable men- mentions. Number 12. Saw you on the bathroom floor. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Shaggy. <laughs> Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Deny, deny, deny. All right, number uh, number 14. I uh, I like this band. absolutely hate this song. It's been a while by Stain. I don't mind that one. Actually, that, 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 that album, that album that was song. huge for them, man. Because outside it was. Just... I, I think that album sucks. I love that album. Sorry. <laughs> I um, love that album. Next. Number 21, Drive by Incubus. Wow. Nice. Okay. Uh, Couldn't escape that song. Both of them. It's been a while on Drive, man. It fucking yeah. rock stations play them all the time. Um, I, know it's, I like this song. Number 29, Butterfly by Crazy Town. I saw actually, ironically, I saw Crazy. I saw Crazy Town POD open for Stained in two thousand one. Wow, <laughs> POD's not bad. Yeah, actually, they're still around too. You're my butterfly, sugar lady. Power deck. Um, number thirty five. Number thirty five. Get huh. your freak on by Missy Elliott. 
Get your freak on. Is that the one she was in the right, fat, Was that the one she was in the fatter suit? She's, yeah. already, she's already fat. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. Yo, she can rap though, honestly, dude. Like, but little, yeah, she, she, yeah, she's she is talented. She's a pro. She's a producer and all. Like, she, yeah. Number thirty-nine. I don't think you guys she are gonna pick up on the fatter arms wide open. Again. That was on the I'll list. show you everything. Dude, that song was huge for them. Jesus. Dude, you I know, at, at one point, they had eight straight number one hits. Wow. Man. Eight straight. Rome's um, wide open. I'm still Eddie Vedder's voice. Number number 47, Jade It by Aerosmith. Ugh. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah, that's when Aerosmith really sucked. They were they were a turd. You want to close the lid on? Yes. And it was like literally. Um, I love. I know you guys so aren't. Cool. I know you guys aren't big fans, but I love this song. Number sixty-five, "The Space Between" by Dave Matthews Band. I like Dave Matthews. Oh yeah, I, I like him. I like that song. Yeah, it's a good one. And they were huge back in 2001, 2000, like 2000, 2000. They were like the yeah, big. <laughs> Number 94, So Fresh, So Clean by Alcaz. Is that a song for a fucking tampon commercial? <laughs> and number 100. Summer's Eve. Um, Hammerage in My Hands by Fuel. Wow, number 100. Huh? One too. I've seen them at college. They, uh... Also, speaking of a tampon commercial, Hammerage in My Hands. <laughs> yeah, they came to uh... – Sean, you and I seen them at Whiskey Tango, too. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I heard they put on a really good live yeah, show. Yeah, and actually he had the bassist yeah, for uh, Shinedown was playing bass for him that night. It was That was a good show. Remember we saw him at yeah. the bus? We walked around the yep. back of Whiskey Tango, and he's like this in the back of the bus. He's like – yeah, like, yeah. I think at some point we like kind of just walked around and we just happened to see him, and he got like all scared and stuff. Like we were gonna run up to him, we're yeah, just we, like, "Nah." And we were like, cool. We just waved to him like, "Hey, man, nice show." And he's yeah. like, "Whiskey Tango <laughs> at the bar on Bustleton." Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played at Whiskey. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Boy, they, they were, were trying they, to like become like boy, this. Boy, they, they went real far in their career, haven't they? Well, the thing is, <laughs> after that, cool shot played there. Your bank account looks a lot better than yours does, Gar. <laughs> The, um, Dude, they they were trying to like they were trying to become like a mainstream bar. They grabbed like like Twisted Sister or like one of those like Cinderella and the playing there. They had yeah, Twisted Sister, Cinderella, uh, Rat played there. They had a bunch of uh, the dude from Queensrÿche. Uh, the fuck's his name? Uh, picture his face. Rat. Them Geico commercials. Oh my god, yeah, that's rat great. Rats yeah. played in every room. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Round, and you're round, thinking to yourself, why would they sell out like that? They're like, you're paying, we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> like every room in the house they go to, round yeah. and round. <laughs> and he's all serious about it. He's dancing yeah. around like he's a awesome. Fucking rat. Well, speaking about <laughs> speaking of another career that died, uh, John Thompson passed away. Uh, John Thompson passed away this week. Legendary, yeah. legendary. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you just have to respect. It'd be like Coach A dying. I mean, 
Coach K is a little bit more, you know, accomplished. But but John Thompson's had a real good career, and it's hard to find somebody that doesn't have a lot of good things to say about him. Yeah, and that, that shit he did off the court, even like um, like like he was fighting for shit that's going on in the world now, like back in the day. Um, is that the one that was uh, Allen Iverson was attached to? Yeah, yeah, Allen Iverson, like. It's like a father figure to him. He saved yeah, his like, life. He, he, he credits John Thompson with absolutely saving his life. Hey, like, Alan Iverson feels he'd be dead if it wasn't for John Thompson. He he, John Thompson was the first African-American coach to win a uh, major collegiate uh, championship in basketball. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was, uh, basketball. 84? Uh, yeah, but Georgetown in 84, yeah. Yep. Yeah, with uh, Patrick Ewing? Yeah. Yeah, well. And then 85, they went help. back and Nova beat them. Yeah, yep. Nova beat them. They probably should have won. Yeah. But, yeah. Now, was it, Jay Wright the coach then? No, that was no. fucking um, Massimino. Uh, Massimino. Um, yeah, because, uh, you know, Tom, like you said, you know, AI. I, as soon as I heard it, he passed away this week. Um, I thought Allen Iverson right away. You know, because, yep. you know, he, he was, man. He, he got him on the right track and, and got him to play basketball and got his, got his head straight. Cause if you remember like Allen Iverson kind of went through a lot, uh, at that point in his life, he was basically going to be thrown in jail for years. You know, hey, and- Gary, in case you don't know the, the, the story, um, so Allen Iverson was being recruited nice. by every school for basketball and football by every single school. And then there was an incident at a bowling alley. I've seen the story. Right, and he shouldn't have been a, he shouldn't have been put in prison. He was that 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 town rallied and they got him acquitted and they got him out. But after he got released, there were no offers, none. And then his mom like talked to John Thompson and basically begged him to give Allen a chance, and he was the only one that did. Yep, the only one. And yeah, he. He, and not only that, but he took him under his wing. Like, he took him, time. you know, yep. arm around kid in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, him and, him and Larry Brown were the two best things that ever happened for Iverson. Yeah. Yep. You're, you're absolutely right, Mike. Like, it started really shaky with Larry Brown. But as it went on, like, like that's another one that on Iverson. So, so, like, he credits him with saving his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all talking about practice? So the Phils just took the lead on a base hit. Yep. All right, good. Awesome. Uh, so I just want to get deep here for a second, but only for a second. Um, something else happened this week and uh, caused, caused a little bit of uh, controversy, which I don't really understand. Um, and we talked a little bit about it before the show, if we should even talk about this. And I think we, we, we can because we're kind of on the same page uh, with it, it seems like. But Steve Nash was hired by the New Jersey Nets this week. And um, I, I heard the Nets uh, – I'm sorry, yeah, Brooklyn. Jesus, I forgot. Yeah, wow. That's been a couple of years. Uh, yep. It was hired by the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, uh, instantly, I mean, even before the hiring, uh, you, you know, you got to remember the roster. Kyrie Irvin's coming back from injury. Kevin Durant's going to be coming back from injury. That roster, that starting lineup, before the offseason begins, is going to be – something to, to watch and and if they're yeah, this not, is this is a really highly coveted job they're going to be a top three they have the potential to be a top three if not the top seed in the east we'll see what happens but that's besides the point so steve nash gets hired 
And uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, uh, goes on the air on ESPN or his radio show. I don't know if it was on his radio show or ESPN. I'm not sure. I think it was on ESPN. ESPN, You know. And uh, basically calls the situation – calls the hiring white privilege. He says that Steve Nash, this is a perfect example of white privilege, and he gives his reasons why. Um, you know, talks about how a black coach deserves it over him, because, you know, ty- like a Tyrone Lou, because he announced, you know, he, he said Tyrone Lou, you know, Tyrone Lou deserves it over him because, you know, he has coaching experience, Steve Nash doesn't. Fair point. Fair point. You mentioned Sam Cassell, who's been an assistant in the league for like eight years. Mark Jackson, absolutely. Right. 100% agree. Those guys absolutely have more of a pedigree at coaching than Steve Nash does. There's no question about it. But Steve Nash is completely wrong to throw out terms like white privilege because a white guy gets a coaching job. In the NBA, which is a sport – now, I understand the coaching is a little different than the players, but that sport in itself is not – I'm just throwing a number out here, but I'm going to say it's probably 85 to 90% African-American, I'm going to assume. I don't think I'm going out. I don't think I'm shaking any, you know, any walls saying something like that. But, uh, you know, I, I think that it's a little unfair to say that to, to say that that's white privilege for him to get the coaching job because of one thing, one underlying issue that maybe Stephen Screaming A. Smith forgot about. The GM of the New Jersey, the Brooklyn Nets, is friend has been friends with Steve Nash for about twenty years. And Who is the GM, John? I'll I forget his name. I'll look. Okay. Um. He he's been friends with him for about twenty years, and he has a obviously a a long time per, you know uh, relationship with him. It's a Sean Marks. Sean Marks. Oh. Uh, played oh. played with him. Played against him. Um. Uh, has and on top of that, as you mentioned before the show, Ryan, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving obviously would have to have a say in something like this because they're the cornerstone pieces of his team. Right. Like, if they didn't sign off on it, he wouldn't have got hired. Steve Nash is a, a – a, a, look, and Mike knows, Steve Nash is one of my favorite players of all time. I, maybe I'm being biased when I say this, but he's one of my favorite players ever. I think the guy has an extremely high basketball IQ. He's been a student of the game while he was playing. I think he's been serving as a he was serving as a director, a player personnel director or something like that for the for the Warriors. Okay, so it was a director of player development. Okay, all right. So So he was literally on the practice court with them, practicing with them. So it's not like he's completely been out of the game for a couple years and just like, oh, we're gonna throw Steve Nash in here. He's been involved with the game a little bit. Yeah, it's 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 crazy that his track is so quick. Where other guys have to work for their jobs, and, and but you know, this, this isn't the first time it's happened. It happened with yeah. Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. It happened with uh, um, um, the the tall dude uh, with the curly hair, um, Luke Walton. Carrot head, carrot top. Luke Walton. Oh yeah. Luke Walton was an assistant for two years. Yeah, Sean Brown and then got the head coaching job, but he was still an assistant. And, uh, you with, know, um, yeah, he was still an assistant, I, though. I mean, he, he was still an assistant where Steve Nash is just kind of walking off the practice court, and all of a sudden he's a head coach. So I under, I do understand to a degree where people are coming from on this, but to me, it's it's 
you got to look more deeper than that. And if you're going to just come out and blatantly say on your airwaves that it's white privilege, that a white guy got a, a job coaching over over black guys who may have better predicate, guess what? It happens all the time in, in different sports. It happens, you know, NFL, first of all, has the, has the, the, uh, the Rooney rule, obviously, uh, where you have to interview a minority. I don't believe the NBA has something like that. Um, but, you know, that's neither here or there in this case, in my opinion. Steve Nash is more than, more than uh, respected around the league to have an opportunity to coach an NBA team, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Yeah, this isn't a dumb hire. It's not like I would have loved the Sixers to hire him. I would have loved it. His basketball is IQ, which he's proven through his whole career. He made everybody he played with better. He was a multiple MVP winner. He won the right. MVP twice. Yeah, two, uh, two years in a row, which means he basically dominated the year the league for three, four years. Right. Like, he made Amari Stoudemire look stupendous. Yeah. Anywhere else Amari Stoudemire went, he was terrible. Right. His basketball IQ is through the roof. And he wasn't the, the most roof. athletic guy. He, he's a hard worker. He's, you know, I don't have a problem with that. And it has nothing to do with race. Now, what I will say about Stephen A. Smith, as Sean said, screaming A. Smith, and – is the same thing that I would say about him shitting on the Sixers or shitting on the Eagles or, or doing any, whatever. Anybody, yeah. He brought race into it, but his job is to be controversial, to scream, to yell, to get ratings by, you know. Now, you could say, is it, did he cross the line by bringing race into it? Probably, but I don't think he has He has no shame. He'll do whatever. He's oh, he all about the ratings. But he's also – He's also pretty respected. Like, well, that's because people are idiots. But I'm talking about, like, he's usually pretty – and I usually listen to Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith is usually even keel. And I understand it's his job. He, he usually makes both sides of the point, of the argument. He usually does. I hear him on the Mike Missanelli show all the time. Okay, yeah, I mean, I don't pay attention to him because right, like he, you, I'm not a Stephen A. Smith fan, but he usually is willing to argue both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand it's his job, but with what's going on in the world today, that was completely irresponsible to make that statement. All you did was add fuel to the fire. Right. In a time like now, you, you, you can't. I don't disagree with you. I, you know, I just, I, I just don't take stock in the talking heads and what they say. Um, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, so, put um, it this way. To put it this way, if JJ Redick had retired and the Nets hired JJ Redick and he called it white privilege, I might agree with him. A little bit, yeah, a little bit more. I might agree with him, but in this case.
Just, I mean, I, I think the bottom line basically is you flip you flip roles here and you and you go the other way with this, and and I, I know it's it's coming from a white guy and we're we're all white on this panel and maybe it's uh, maybe it's unfair and we're gonna I'll say that, but if it's if it's me coming out on the other end of that and and reversing that, man, imagine the you know what I mean. Imagine the, yeah. the, the the negative feedback that would come out of that, and it's okay for Stephen A to do. It's just it's nonsense, and yeah. So I'm just gonna leave it at that, and I think it's bullshit, and we'll we'll move on. But you know, yeah, I, I just I, I don't want to look at color when it comes to that. No, it has nothing to do with. I'm looking at Stephen higher. Right. No, right. If he, if it wasn't for the Nets in our division, I'd wish him luck. Mike, you, you that's what it, I'm saying. Like, I don't care. Like, yep. even the Sixers, I don't care if the coach is yellow, blue, black, green, purple, orange. I don't care. I'd like to have Cookie Monster as my fucking coach. <laughs> you go I, there. I just want the right guy. And Tyrone Lou is not the right guy. Right. No. Fucking Elmo. Elmo says. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about Tyrone Lou. Uh, yeah. So you guys are watching the Phillies game. I can't watch them right now, but they're they're playing some uh some unbelievable baseball right now. Unbelievable Yo, baseball. Jake Arietta um, take that game last week from against the Braves out where he gave up like ten runs in one inning, which the Phillies <laughs> almost won. Yeah, yeah. they did they almost came um, Jake Arietta has been Pretty solid. His dude. ERA, you, I mean, that game obviously ballooned his ERA up a little bit above four. Uh, he he would still probably be in the low fours, so it's not great. But he's your fourth starter, right? I was just gonna third say he, he he's your third starter. I mean, hey, look, when you got he's making twenty five million a year though. A five game series, a three right. game series, or you know, seven game, whatever series, it's all over the place now. As a third starter, I think I take that, especially when you got Nola and Wheeler pitching out of their fucking minds. Yeah, I, I and it's funny how the year is going. Like when the year started, Riomoto was tearing the cover off the ball. Right. And like it looked like he could be an MVP candidate. Harper too. And he kind of cooled off, and then Harper was tearing the ball, tearing the cover off the ball. He's why are, tearing, why are you tearing the cover off the ball? Leather's very expensive. <laughs> now, now um, Gregorius and Reese Hoskins fucking shaved his mustache, and Reese Hoskins is Reese Hoskins is on fire. Yes. I just read an article about like the numbers he's putting up. It's sick. McCutcheon too. No, and, and at one point this year, the Phillies were five and twelve, five and thirteen, something like that. Yeah. Don't forget about even McCutcheon, he's starting to light up. Yeah. Yeah. And and while these guys are, are carrying the team offensively, believe it or not, the pitching's starting to look pretty I mean, even the bullpen. I think the thing is too, like we're we're in a shortened season, right? We we know that baseball generally is a sprint, not a marathon, or a marathon, not a sprint. And this year it's the opposite. It's a sprint, not a marathon. Right. Technically, like at this point, we'd be in the middle of May of a real season, right? Right. right. Be, and this is when, you know, you're starting to see these slumps come out, and you're starting to see guys do well and other guys. Are, but now everything's such a, under such a different microscope, and, and everyone's being examined so different. Like Scott Kingery has struggled, right? 
and I don't know if he's going to come out of it this year. And now I'm going to give I'm going to give Kingery the benefit of the doubt. I know uh, I think I, I think I did it on this show. If not, I did it on Phil and, the Phil and Good Show. I might have killed Kingery a little bit. Maybe it's unfair because the guy came off. He you know he he struggled with COVID. You know, yeah. to, to the point where, right. like he said, I can't walk up a flight of stairs and I'm out of like I'm out of breath. So like maybe he doesn't have his, his everything back. I mean, he's a professional athlete trying to compete at the highest level possible. Maybe he's just not able to do it right now. Yeah, I'll judge. Um, I'll give Kingery this year. I'll judge him. But like next year, he has to become right. what we feel he is. Alec. Yeah. Bum. The only the only Alec good thing Bum. about Bum. Alec Bomb. This kid looks like he he's just got the look, Sean. He's just got the law. He looks like worth. I'll just yeah, and I agree with all that. I just you know we we've we've done it too many fucking times with too many guys after a month. <laughs> and there it is. Oh, with Alec Bomb the negativity. Oh, uh, Mike. No. Mike said, "Let's not start sucking each other's cocks." Just yeah, yeah like, I from, like like we were on this guy. We were on this guy. Um, there's really no reason to believe in Kingery. I get what you're saying, Mike. No, I'm but, talking about bomb. He's talking about bomb. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we, we've it, been down this path before. I, I, I get you. The Dominic Browns, the but, but, his, Rocks, the... but, but what I meant was, I'm not saying he's going to be the same player as Jason. Whereas what I was trying to say was, his approach at the plate, his swing, he he reminds me of Jason Worth a little bit. He's tall. Yeah. You know, he's kind of got the same like kind of body shape. Yeah, like, he might be bigger than Worth. I, I gotta, I have to look. But he's he's kind of. Um, he kind of has that same stature, the kind of same carry about him, and he plays yeah. a pretty good, you know, pretty good uh, third base too. So yeah, and what I mean with the look, he just has the look of a guy who like knows how to play ball. Yeah. Did you see him? Well, yeah. Because we've got enough third basemen that look like they knew how to play ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, Mike, I'm not arguing with you there. I'm not. It, it'd but be like, nice. It'd be nice to have a third baseman who can actually hit, though. When's the last time we've had a th- power hit in third baseman? Well, I mean, obviously. <laughs> When's the last time? I mean, it, it's been a rolling. Long, rolling might be the last yeah. time we had David Bell. Oh, my dad was Bud Bell. Fuck you. We had. Uh, Pedro Feliz was so good defensively, but he was a liability. Yeah, he was plate. terrible. He was terrible at the plate. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, it's West Chamberlain. He played third base for a little bit, right? Played right field. Uh, right field? No. We had, we Charlie, had, uh, Hayes? Charlie Hayes. Charlie Hayes. Charlie yeah. Hayes and uh, Kim Batiste. Batiste. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I mean, I think Roland might be the last power hit. Power hitting third baseman we've had. Scott Rowland. Yeah. Franco thought he was. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was the best he was the best eight hole hitter in the league for about six weeks last year. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Kind of like what I was just saying. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's a little okay, maybe Frank I don't would you put Franco there? I guess No. 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 You put Rowland ahead of Franco. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was wrong with Franco, bro. Franco struck out like Fucking, almost every se- every season that we started with Franco at the third base, stand him. he started the season hot. And I was like, oh, that, 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 this might be it. And then you get six, eight weeks into the season, and he bats and, and, fucking 180 for and the rest like, of the oh, year. Jesus Christ. Where's he at? He's like, oh, 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 oh,
he would hit 10, 11 home runs in the first six, eight weeks of the season. And then he finished the season with 17 homers. Swinging out of his shoes. Yeah. Doing that twirl thing where he spins around, his helmet's laying on the ground. He's uh, go pick dude, his helmet would down, fall off. Walk back. Him, him and Herrera, their helmets fell off all the time. Like They'd swing so hard, their helmets would fall. They'd like do like a drill twist. And they go pick up their helmets and walk back to the dugout. Well, it was too, the, the, you know, when they were here, there was too much coconut oil in there. Yeah. Come out and be out of sheep. You fat bitch! <laughs> you fat bitch! <laughs> like Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> uh, you fat bitch. All right, so the top of the be feeling good about the Phils. How did we end up so, killing this? So I think, so I think a, a, right, power, so hit, a power hit in third baseman is. It's a unicorn. That's what it is here in Philadelphia. Yeah. And we finally yeah. have one. It's all. It's well, maybe. I know. It's I know. Cool. We're jumping. I know. Yeah, it's been like ten games, to yeah. twelve games. I hear you. It's yeah. so funny though. It, it's it's Bryce Harper's like, what do we got to do to get? We just got to win nine out of ten. Sure, no. And then they win nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. We so on on that on last week's I feeling good show. We were joking around because they were struggling at that point, and we're and we were like, I think Callie had said something like. If they they're gonna go six and zero this this week and it'll be a million dollar bet at the casino and we're like, oh my god win. we're like yeah they were joking around like yeah he's like I I'm gonna pick them to go six and zero right and we're joking and I'm like dude they went six and zero actually they went five and zero because they 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 had to sit out a, a game the protest but then yeah. they, they end up losing Yo, Sunday they're six and zero against I mean the Nationals are playing terrible this year but they're six and zero against the Nationals this year and what are they. Three and three against the Braves, something like that. Yeah, they got they swept the Braves and they lost. They got swept out of Braves. Yeah, the only right. thing they have a losing record against the fucking Marlins because they only played them once and yeah. they went one and two to first to start the season. The, so the Nationals before our last series began with the Nationals. The, after the last time the Nationals beat us, so was that the first time we played them this year? I guess they put up a post. I don't know if you saw this, and it said, "Beating Philadelphia is not isn't that bad or isn't that hard." And it showed their all-time record. They're like, I think they were one game under 500, but like all-time against us. But then like, uh, and since they only since they were nationals, not since they were expos, of course. But it was like since 2012 our record, since 2015 our record, and since last year our record. Well, first of all, our team sucked since 2012, so get the fuck out of here with that. And they post that up. Since then, we're six and zero against them. Yeah. Okay. What was the record against us? 2007 to 2012. Right. Right. Phillies right. just took. Phillies are up 4-2. Shit. Hold yeah. on. Wait for it. I'm <laughs> I'm delayed now. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Mike. All right. I'm not. The Phillies are up 4-2. Um, Segura just came through with a single, and then the ball got overthrown to first base. They're up 4-2 in the top of the eighth with one out, and they have runners on second and third. All right. But Hector Naris is warming up in the bullpen, so. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I hate I hate giving credit. I hate giving credit, but I got to give it where credit's due. Matt Klintak made some trades. He made some moves. Yeah, we were shitting all over. Yeah. yeah. yeah that get, picker they got from the Brewers, like, uh, he shuts down right-handed. Is that Phelps? Yeah. Phelps, yeah. Dude, what's with the guy that looks like fucking Machete? Romero. The, is that, uh, the dude with the fucking handlebar mustache and the long hair? Looks like fucking Machete. Looks like fucking Danny Trejo coming out of the bullpen. Fucking insane. At least they don't have fucking. At least they don't have Die Hard anymore. 
<laughs> That's true. Yeah, McLean's gone. I've never seen I'm like, look at this guy coming into the game. Like, no wonder you can't hit. Like, his hair's flying all over the place. Fair, <laughs> fine, ball's coming this way. <laughs> if you hit the ball off him, he's going to chop your head off. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy, though, like, because the batter, like, steps up, and all of a sudden the path from the pitcher's mound to the to – the, to the batter's eye, it's like nicely, like sh- it's like short grass. All of a sudden, like what the? He comes in with a lawnmower real quick. <laughs> Runs back. I've never seen that. Like, I'm like I've never seen a, a pitcher look like that before. He, he straight out looks like he straight up looks like machete. Yeah, he's actually warming up in the bullpen. And he's like five foot six. Give me five minutes. I'll see it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. Good, good for them. I'm glad they're turning on a little bit. You know, it's funny because that that Braves game that you know we we just talked about that they had a chance to win. I don't know if you because I was kind of flicking back. I think the Flyers were on that night. I'm pretty sure the Flyers were on, so I was kind of flicking back and forth. And uh, they were bringing up stats. You know how, how the Phillies are the only team to come from 10 runs down after the seventh inning on or whatever to, to win the game or something. Or no, I'm sorry. It was, it was, it was 10 runs in the first inning. And lost. And well, they, they were down 10 off the eighth or the second. Inning. I mean, it was after the second. Maybe that's what it was after the first three innings or something. If we're down by 10 runs, the Phillies are the only team to come back and they did it twice. And here they were knocking at the, knocking at the doorstep, man. They, they are at the doorstep. They had yeah, a they chance to. Won that game. Yeah, yeah, they had a chance to. Yeah, that was that was pretty wild, man. That was that was that was. But awesome. you know, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Like as the season was starting, like I was out. Yeah, I was out because I, <laughs> the bullpen, the bullpen, like like I, like I didn't see the point. But I, I ain't gonna. Lie. I'm I'm starting to get a little excited about them. Yeah, Mike yeah. broke their ball. Mike broke their balls in fucking text messages for fucking three days straight. I did, and they had a. Yeah, you're not. So they're they're 18 and 15 right now. Yeah, they've already lost six games this year where they had the lead in the eighth inning. Yeah, it's it's only if, it, if, if, if they go three and three in them games, they're in first place. Yeah, I can't believe it's only six games. I thought they blew more than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised it was only six too. They get me excited, uh, man. They get me excited now. You look like you have to take a tinkle. Go on, take a couple trips. All excited. Keeps me coming day and night. I'm coming day and night. <laughs> the good old fucking governor. So, uh, Tom Seaver, all time, all time great. I know he's a Met, muck the Fets, but uh, he might be the best pitcher ever, man. He's he's one of the, one of the greatest. Uh, passed away, man. He's uh. Now he's pitching up daisies. <laughs> Three Cy Young Award awards at twenty five hundred strikeouts, I think. Uh, Three hundred. He has three hundred and eleven wins. Three hundred eleven yeah, wins. Yeah. Yeah. You know he's got two hundred and forty five complete games. Wow. Jesus. Man. That's you don't dude, dude. You don't even see complete games a, now. Now, yeah, you don't even see. They will have 245 complete games this year, this decade. Right. From right. 
That's insane. He's got 245 career complete games. What, That's fucking insane. What changed between that? Like, but, but you know, the time he pitched, you know, him and, and Drysdale and those guys, Satchel Page, those guys would pitch double headers if they wanted to, if they had to. What changed was the fucking they steroid started counting error. pitching. They right. started counting pitches. Right. That and the steroid error. It became a more offensive game. Oh shit, guys! I found that picture for the Phillies Romero. There he is, right there on my calendar. <laughs> I forgot the flip line again. Dude, there's a guy going over guys, the wall. I gotta get, I gotta get rolling soon. All right. gonna be able to basketball for a minute or two first. Yeah, why don't, you, why don't you? Yeah, because I, I, I gotta be honest. I'm staying out of this because I've, uh, I haven't watched a second since the Sixers have been eliminated. Because I just don't give a fuck now. I, I'm so bitter. But yeah, why don't you? Yeah, yeah go ahead. I haven't watched any of it either, but I've just been reading about it because you know I've been on the threads hearing about you know um, Butler, and obviously following the Sixers against the Celtics. Whatever the Celtics are doing is coming up. So the Celtics swept the uh, Sixers playing Toronto. They're not expected to be Toronto. Toronto's supposed to you know win that in five or something. They win the first two games of that series. Um, and Celtics go up 2-0 on the series. One on like a last second shot or something, like two, you know, a tight game. All of a sudden, like, it's getting crazy. Last night, they end up taking the lead with a couple seconds left. And Toronto hits a game-winning shot to get back in the series. It would be 3-0. That, that was awesome. a crazy – that was a crazy shot. That was a crazy shot. Yo, the reaction – the dude who hit that shot, though, the, the reaction at the end of the game when they were in – you know, when he's doing the press conference, he was so calm, cool, and collected. So how did you feel? Did you feel – he was like, well, I don't take a shot expecting to miss. Damn. It was – you know, it was cool – but I expected to hit it. Yeah. Like, right. he was so calm, cool, and collected. Like, it was cool. How about the, the dude, nice. Jimmy Butler and the Heat are up 3-0 on the Bucks. Is it 3-0 now? It's 3-0. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear about today's game. What, it was today? Giannis is leaving. Giannis is leaving Milwaukee. He might go and join Jimmy Butler. They're, yeah. they're one of the favorites. Jimmy Butler dropped 30, yeah. 30 today. And Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, what? The I I I know. Fuck? You guys, yeah, that reaction right there, Gar. That's what's wrong with the Sixers franchise. That reaction, what you just saw, and and uh... yeah, and Bean said, "What if?" Dot dot dot. I can't. Dude, yeah. I can't. I, I I can't go down this road. I I, I can't. Like I, I'm. I can't. But even, even to get away from that, just to talk about the game. So yeah, Butler put up a forty spot or something. Carry the team. Game two. Why the fuck they trade him? Like, what the fuck? Because him and Ben Simmons didn't get along. But anyway. The coach. Game, the coach didn't like him. No, it they, was the coach. Yeah. It was the fucking coach. Like, what the fuck? It was the coach. He didn't get along with them. They had, they butted heads in practice. Meetings. Yep. That's why he wasn't there. We had that. We had Yaron Weissman on. He said the same thing. That they clashed. It says it in his book too. 
That's why he's not here. That's why we 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 settled with Tobias Harris instead. Oh no, we suck again. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, they don't have it on here. Instead, I have this. This town needs an enema. Have that instead. Oh, Butler would have been the enema. No, so the second game in that series, Milwaukee's down. They foul on like a three-point shot or something. Yep. He hits three shots to tie the game. No, he won the no, game. No, he won the game. He won the game. On the yeah, Jimmy Butler gets the ball. Giannis is called for a weak, weak foul at the end of that. And all Butler needs to do is hit a foul shot to win the game. There's no time. They, they can't even – it was over. It was, the, it was a wild finish, but the refs fucked that up. Oh, Probably no! We suck again! There you go. <laughs> and the Sixers are going to hire Teron Lue when you can yes. find a diamond in the rough like Eric Spolster. Uh... Eric Spolster is a fucking great coach. Like, yeah. Dude, I'm done. I can't – my basketball's all you. I can't. That's all. Like I don't know what's going on on the western side. Again, I've I'm only kind of being track. I'm only somehow tracking the the east side. Okay, through the beer. I can't believe they're all three out though. The only thing I'll say about the NBA with these guys start like LeBron's getting towards the end of his career. Um, the NBA is in good hands, dude. John Morant. And yeah, um, Donovan Mitchell put on year. a show in the first round. They put on a spectacle. It's Jason Tatum, Luka, Luka Doncic. Luka. But John. John Morant and Donovan Mitchell, it reminded me of the series with the Sixers and the Raptors when Allen Iverson and Vince Carter just went toe-to-toe, yeah. toe-to-toe, putting up 50, putting up 40. It's y'all won a look the year, right? Yeah. Um. That, that so, um, Donovan, John Moran, um, the kid from Phoenix, um, Devin Booker, Booker Devin yeah. Booker, um, and probably Giannis, like the the future. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is a good player. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's a fucking stud. That's gonna haunt the Sixers for fifteen years. That Markel yeah. Fultz draft. If it's not for the Markel Fultz pick, it's the Jason Tatum pick. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. That 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 may have ruined the process might have been dead at that draft night. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I know it's it's hindsight's twenty twenty, but that it, it did. It, it it ruined it. Yep. It ruined it. All right, let's move on because, you know, I can see Ryan's getting pissed. I'm pissed. If they hire Teron Lou, I don't think if they hire Teron Lou, we won't. You can say what you want. I won't. I won't. I won't. I'm fucking out. I'm done. Ryan, Ryan, I'm. I'm. I I will not watch a fucking Sixers game because all it'll do is piss me off. Gary's not going to believe us, but I'm with you. If they hire him, I think that's a total, just a weak. It's just a weak hire, and and this Mm -hmm. is a team that needs an overhaul. Just a. And I get, uh, I, I know, I don't, I don't even want to think about it. I, I don't two guys, no more Sixers two guys, It's Imo Doka or fucking Nate McMillan. I would take Cassell too, or Sam Cassell. Fucking alien looking motherfucker he is. Why are you doing fruit beer? Sorry, Gary, I gotta, I gotta duck out on you. But uh, anyway, right. 
I'm fucking out after this. I got to get up early anyhow. All right, Mike. Love you, bro. All right, Mike. Sorry, see, you, see you, brother. Uh, yeah. Oh, through the beer. I'm sorry. I didn't do the music. Back in 1941, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor and said, thank you. In 1985, Michael Jackson was black. And at some point in history, everyone's mother wants to be cream pie. This is Corner Pop Sports, taking you through moments in history with Through the Beers. Take it away, Gary. In 1931, Lou Gehrig hits third Grand Slam in four days and sixth over in consecutive games. And died of Lou Gehrig's this season. Didn't see it coming. How did you not see that coming? Kind of like Tom Fever. He had dementia. He forgot he had COVID. Well, when he figured it out, it was too late. In 1945, the Phillies' Vince DiMaggio smashes fourth Grand Slam of the season. And then smash Marilyn Monroe after the game. No, that was fucking Joe DiMaggio. I thought so. I thought you said. No, this is Vincent DiMaggio. Oh, that retarded brother. Uh, the, Phil- the Phillies had the last less talented brother again. Yeah. Just like uh, uh, Jeremy Giambi. Jeremy Giambi, Mike Maddox. Yeah. yeah. All right, in 1999, Jetbag Mario Lemieux becomes the owner of the Jerkoff Penguins. Well, how's he a chip bag? Mario Lemieux is all right. He's the cherry picker. 2004, sexual assault charges are dropped against Kobe Bryant. In 2006, Did it. Roger Goodall becomes the NFL commissioner. Roger who? Goodall. Goodall? Yeah, yeah, you fucking jerk off. Goodall? Yeah. 1972, Robert Ford has his first hit, You Wear Me Well. Who did? Oh, God. 1978, Reggie Jackson hits his 20th home run. Ever? Well, for that season. This week. Oh, okay. 1906, the Philadelphia Giants win the Negro Championship Cup. I didn't know there was one. Not near that I. 1966, Bobby Orr signs his first NHL contract with Boston worth a then record of $70,000. <laughs> and he paid for shit. No, that was a record contract. Jesus. In 1965, the Beatles single helped go number one and stays there for three straight weeks. Help. What if that was the song? Help. I need somebody help. Yes, performs their, their last concert at MS, MSG. Yes? Yeah. No. Who? Who? Yes. But guess no. who? Guess who? Yes. No. Guess who? Yes. No. In 1988, Mike Tyson puts his silver BMW into a tree. <laughs> Mike Tyson. And then he put his cock in some girl unwillingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, see the break, the, the, the break. Good job, man. Good job. I couldn't handle the power to BMW. And you beat out, you beat out. 
You beat out the, uh, it's the music. It's German engineering. I know none about German engineering. I and, have people you know, skills. Okay, so the Phillies are up 5-2 by, in the bottom of the eighth, right? So Nears comes in. There's one out, runner on first and third. Home run. Huh. Yeah, we'll see, man. It's good. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna title this football. All right, that's what I'm gonna title this at. Uh, you want me to do the divisions first, and we'll talk Eagles, and then we'll uh, do some fantasy and call the show. That sounds good to me. All right, divisions. NFL divisions. Where are we going? The NFC and AFC North. Yes, sir. The North. <laughs> the Norths. All right. So the Chicago Bears. Some news came out about the Bears today. Uh, Gary will be delighted to know that his Hall of Fame quarterback Nick Foles will lose the starting job to Mitch Trubisky to start the season. So there you have that going for you. You get in my That's face with that and beat your goddamn That's ass, you say a bitch. Piece of shit. And Gary left. Gary left the no, show. No, he said fuck it. Did <laughs> he we pissed him off, John. He, he fucking we pissed him off. He fucking left the show. He's all pissed we off. We pissed him off, dude. Oh, that's funny. He did good, too, with that. Uh, he did good with the uh, through the beers t- this week, too. I'm surprised. I thought he was going to be so hammered. Yeah, usually, he's not, usually not that coherent when no. it comes to through the he's beers. Read, he's reading it well. Usually, What was the one thing he said? Roger, Roger Go- Godert? Godel. Godel. So the Bears have added uh, – oh, here he is. Gary's back. There he is. Fucking internet. What happened, yeah. man? We were no, talk- he's not. It's just me. There he is. We were talking about Nick Foles and you left. What did you do? Yeah, the fucking internet cut out. What did you do? Crank one oh, out? Oh, no. Come on, Gary. Be honest. You went and got it all over your shorts, bro. No, I didn't. He starts to come and then he pulls out. <laughs> I ain't pulling it out. I'm getting her pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming day and night. Even if you can't see it, right, bro? That's it. <laughs> my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! Uh, Nick, the fucking bees. The bees, that's the best. In my eyes! That's a shame. That's such a good movie, but it's only a one watch. Yeah. What movie is that? Wicker Man. The Wicker Man. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, Gar, it's so good. Gar, I'm telling you, if you decide to watch it, Stick with it, because yeah. the ending makes it. Yeah. All right, so the- well, you can only watch it once. Another movie that you probably can only watch once. Oh, I don't know. It is a good movie. The Revenant is such a good movie, but it's such a long movie and depressing. But I, I took the old lady to see that in the movies. I saw it by, oh, my- he- I saw it by he- myself. The best part is the bear. Well, that's what I was going. I don't know. I think the best part's the end. That fucking bear, dude. When him and yeah. Bane, when him and Bane fight each other. When he, fi- when he finally confronts Tom Hardy, and Tom Hardy's still a uh, fuck you, like <laughs> what, a, what a lovely singing voice, dear Leonardo DiCaprio has. Is there anything Tom Hardy has done that wasn't good? Uh. He tells fucking he tells his yeah, son. Yeah, right. Maybe not. He's gonna die anyway. He's gonna die anyway. He's got that kind of that. Sure. Did you watch Peaky Blinders? No. No. Did you, bro? No. 
Was he in that? He's in that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm in, like you, I'm in Peaky Blinders. All right, let's get to the fucking that's division. That's so good. You guys, like, it's the, like the Sopranos in Ireland in the fucking, in the early 1900s. It's yeah. so good. Well, speaking of uh, so good in Hall of Fame is Nick Foles. Uh, he was added to the Bears. Ted Ginn was added to the Bears. Jimmy Graham. Did they? They, they got Jimmy Graham? Yeah, Robert Quinn. Uh, Artie Burns, Tashawn Gibson, they they added quite a few. Uh, draft picks, they drafted a tight end, uh, Cole Commit. So remember, remember they um they went after Trey Burton and they thought Trey Burton was going to be their savior at tight end because he threw a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. We all knew yeah. that was going to work out, so they drafted a tight end and they they didn't let they him. give him a massive contract. Yes, he did. And guess what? They he let him go. games and they let him go. Uh, so he's gone. Chase Daniels gone. Taylor Gabriel's gone. Kyle Long, Nick Williams, Leonard Floyd, and that's basically it for the Bears. So that's uh, that's what the Bears have done in the off season. The next team in the NFC is uh, the Detroit Lions. They added Chase Daniel to back up Matthew Stafford. Jeromino <laughs> <laughs> Allison uh, from the Packers. Vitai signed with the Lions. Danny Shelton, that's a good pickup. Nick Williams, uh, defensive tackle. Vitae's their starting left tackle, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. That's. A, I mean, he got starting starting money, man. The Eagles couldn't match that. Good for him, man. The, the Eagles just they weren't going to sign him for that kind of money. Reggie Ragland, uh, sign. Start there. Yep. Uh, Desmond Trufant, uh, Jerry and Curse. Those, those are the big additions for the Lions. They they drafted a cornerback, Jeff Aduka. Andre Swift, DeAndre Swift, who might be a starter. Uh, he might take the job from Carrion Johnson. I think he will. More on that in a bit. Uh, offseason losses, uh, J.D. McKissick, Logan Thomas, Robert Wagner. Let's see. I.E. Sean Robinson. That's basically it. So, that's the line. They lost Barry Slay, too. Yeah, how come that's not on this list? That's really weird. Dude, he's, dude he clicked the button and then he disappeared. I heard him click a button and then Gary disappeared. Whatever. Yeah, dude. Swift uh, Slay's not on this list. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Like he's a he's a bone bona fide number one corner. He's like their biggest one. Uh Green Bay. Now Green Bay has always been a team that never really makes a splash, right? Um they're just that type of team, they just draft well. They uh they added their uh Devin Funches, Ricky Wagner and uh Christian Kirksley, a linebacker. They drafted uh Jordan Love. We all know that uh, Aaron Rodgers is thrilled with that. A.J. Dillon, running back. They lost uh, fullback. I'm not going to bother with that. Dromino Allison, Jimmy Graham, uh, Tremont Williams, cornerback. He was there for quite a little, you know, quite a while. So that's what the Packers did. Do you think he's gone? Do you think Gary's gone now? Uh, he might pop back in. Give it five minutes. If he's not back in five minutes, he's gone. And the uh, Vikings will round up the NFC North. We got uh, they added Tij- uh, Tajay Sharp. That's basically it. They drafted Justin Jefferson. Good, you know that was their first round pick. They, they trade. They traded for um, Ndakwe. Yes, yes they did. Yep. Uh, they lost uh, Diggs. They lost Emerson Griffin, Xavier Rhodes, Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes. Jerry on Curse. Wow, they lost a lot of pieces on defense. They lost a lot of defense. Yeah, they did. 
they 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 paid Kirk, Kirk Cousins in the off season. Uh, basically, because of that, they had to let things go. Uh, wait, 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 wait! They re-upped him. The yeah, Kirk Cousins had to get re-upped, I believe, right? Didn't he sign a five-year deal with them? Oh, Gary's back. Was that this off season, or was that during the season last year? No, what I mean is when they originally signed Cousins, That's what didn't I mean. they give him what? like a five-year deal? Yeah, you might be right. Maybe it was maybe so that was the year before, right? Uh, he's played two years there. So okay, so maybe it was just the uh, maybe it's because of that situation they had to let Diggs go because of his contract. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. that could be the issue. I think you're right. I don't think they re-upped. Cousins. No, they didn't re-up. Yeah, he, they're already paying. Signed, they're already paying them like twenty. Yeah, you're right. Years. He he signed for like a ton of um um guaranteed money. Yeah, yeah. All right, so NFC North uh, predictions. I'm going to go uh, – Right, the Vikings and the Packers are going to fight for the top seed. The, the Packers won that division last year, right? Um, yep. You know what? I'm going to go with the Packers to win the division, especially because I think Darren Rodgers is playing with a chip on his shoulder. Um. I'm going to go Packers. I think the Vikings get a wild card. Detroit and the Bears. The Bears finish like 8-8 eight eight along with the Lions. Okay. Um, I'm going to say the Vikings win the division. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook stays healthy. Uh, they, Kirk Cousins, I, I, yeah, I, I think he's been he's been a good – He's, He's a good quarterback. Yeah, I think I think they win a division. I think the Packers take a step back. Um, I think the Packers maybe the wild card team, maybe. Um, and then I'll go Detroit, and then the Bears. I think the Bears are going to stink it up this year. I really do. I I just don't think they're a good team. What's yeah, say, same. What say you, Gary? I mean, how can you argue with the Vikings? I mean, they've. Uh, any, anybody else in the division hasn't really proved or done anything spectacular. The Vikings have always been, you know, competitive. Yeah. But That's although, great. with that being said, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they're, they're due for something big. That's what I mean. I think Aaron Rodgers is a little pissed off because they drafted a quarterback, um, which I don't disagree with. I think they should have drafted a quarterback. Right, I do too. Um, I think, um, but I think Aaron Rodgers plays with a chip on his shoulder because he's pissed off. That's why I I give them the edge for the division. Okay, and he is Aaron Rodgers, yeah. right? Uh, the AFC, the AFC North. You have the Baltimore Ravens. They added DJ Fluker, Derek Wolf, Kilias Campbell. They drafted Patrick Queen, linebacker, good pickup. J.K. Dobbins, uh, running back. Those are the two big uh, draft picks, offseason losses. Hayden Hurst went to Atlanta. He's now a starter there. James Hurst, I don't think they're related. Michael <laughs> Pierce, Chris Warmly, Josh Burns. Uh, that's basically it. So that's basically what the uh, Ravens did. Next team on the list is the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. They added not Michael Thomas, but Mike Thomas. I don't even know what team he played for. <laughs> Uh, Xavier Sua Filio. Uh, let's see anyone else. Trey Waynes. They added Waynes. Uh, 
Draft picks, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Logan Wilson. Off-season losses, they lost uh, Andy Dalton, Tyler Eifert, Andrew Billings off at uh, defensive tackle, uh, who was there for a while, Drake Kirkpatrick. That's basically what the Bengals did. The uh, – what we got here? George. The Browns. Browns. Uh, Case Keenum. They added Case Keenum. They added fullback Austin Hooper, Jack Conklin, Adrian Claiborne, Andrew Billings, B.J. Goodson, Kevin Johnson, Carl Joseph, Sandejo. They added Sandejo. Uh, they, they drafted Jedrick Willis, who's an offensive tackle, a safety grant deal pit. Uh, they lost Greg Robinson, Justin McCray. Basically, they didn't really – nothing major. They lost a couple guys, a couple safeties. The Browns did. And then finally, it leaves us with the Steelers. The Steelers, again, are another team like the Packers. They just don't do much in free agency. They they added the Wiz, Stephen Wisniewski. They added Eric Ebron, Chris Warmly. They drafted a, another wide receiver in Cliff, uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, not really at the Which less. I guarantee it turns into a stud. I, yeah, exactly. And he wasn't drafted, right? Anthony McFarlane running back. Uh, and they lost – no one really of of name. So that's the AFC North. What do you uh, What do you guys think? Um, um, I think the Ravens. I think the Ravens step back a little bit. Um, I don't think they're terrible, but I'm picking the Steelers to win a division. Ben Roethlisberger's back. Um, he knows it's towards the end of his career. Right. I think they make another run. I'm picking the Steelers to win the division. Uh, the Ravens second. Um, I think they're, you know, toe to toe for the uh, for the division. The Ravens end up with a wild card. And then um, I think the Bengals are better. I think Joe Burrow's the real deal. Um, so I'm gonna go Steelers, Ravens. Um. I'm going to go Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Browns. Um, I think the Browns have a problem with quarterback. I'm going to go Steelers, Ravens, Browns, Bengals. Uh, so just slightly different. I agree. Ben's back. Um, I think you're going to see a big comeback from uh, James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. Those guys are really going to – I think they're just going to turn it back. That, that, that defense – the Steelers' yeah. defense was great last year, and I, and they are basically the same, if not stronger, than last year. Uh, and I, I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a little bit more of a book on him. I think he's still going to be a good quarterback, and it's still going to cause damage and everything like that. But yeah, there's just something that's feel that makes me feel weird about. It. I, I I I think the Steelers just overtake them, and then uh, uh, the Browns are going to be right behind them now, uh, right behind both those teams. I, I think maybe it's like a twelve and yeah, maybe like eleven five. Maybe they both finished eleven five, and the Browns finished like nine and seven. Like I think the Browns are going to be yeah. improved, um, and the Bengals I think are going to be about like five and eleven, maybe. I think they went a little more than five. I, I I'd call the I call the that the Bengals six and ten, seven and nine. Yeah, I mean they were they were such a bad team last year though. And, they they, they were, know. but yeah. the, I just think Joe Burrow's that. Like I think he wins them two games on his own. 
this year. It's like, a lot, man. I, I mean, the, a real deer. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. But coming in as a rookie, it's it's hard with a bad coming in as a rookie with a bad team. Yeah, it, yeah. It, that's a that's a tall task. But uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, what do you think, Eric? I mean, I like Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and then the Browns. And then the Bengals. Okay. Yeah. I want to do some uh, fantasy titty bits. Yeah. All right. Titty bits. Um, So a lot of people are drafting this weekend. And if you're downloading this podcast before the end of the weekend, good for you. If not, then none of this matters. Uh, So the season starts on Thursday. It's the uh, the Chiefs and the Texans to kick off the season on Thursday. So a lot of a lot of uh, fantasy leagues are getting their stuff in. And we just no, we, fellas, fellas. Yeah. with everything that's going on this year. Next week when we do the our show, we're going to be talking about NFL football. Ain't that some shit? An actual game. a real game. Let's go offense! Pull your head out of your ass. Very true, man. Very true. We're, we're going to be. What the fuck is Gary doing? What are you doing? What are you, sweeping? No, I get my lighter. I dropped my lighter. <laughs> the fuck is going on over there? Man, what the fuck? It's always something over there, man. <laughs> it's always something. And when I, when I was clicking a button earlier, the old lady came down to talk to me. I'm looking for the pause button, and I fucking just hit the X. So you hit the wrong button again, huh, Gar? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Flick that bean, yeah. You can't find a bean, can you, Gar? <laughs> uh, we're going up the mountains tomorrow. So she was asking me questions oh, about okay. it. <laughs> Where's the segue in that? Like, we went from one. Anyway, all right. So <laughs> Good old fucking hey, the bean up in the mountains. Yeah, talk about a remote and then going to the mountains. I'm like, what? All right, so uh, uh, I, I figure we, we give a little uh, advice, I guess. we I've had a couple drafts. I actually have two more this weekend. I have one tomorrow. Who are we for advice? I know. Hey, I, so I how many leagues you in? Four. Yeah. Four this year. What's that, what's that shithole you picked, Sean? What? That shithole draft you had. A minus, my A-minus draft that I was graded, really? that I was graded on? Yeah. Yeah. Right. What was your? Yeah, I I got a D minus, Gary. How? Because I took my I took a quarterback with my number one pick. That's yeah, why. but it wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't just based on that. It was based on the rest of you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I, right. I, I, you get you get that's penalized why. for that. That's I, why. Like I, I I fucking ranked last in the whole league. Yeah, and but my I, team is not last. I got hit though because I took Gurley in the second round, which I would have probably taken James Conner over Gurley. I, it was Dude, my, as soon as you made that pick, it's my own fault. You're like, what the fuck? I hate that pick. Yeah, I'm like, why did I do that? But they hit me for that. They're like, you picked him 17 spots than where he should have been, and you know, not that those rankings mean anything on, on CBS, no. but like, but still, I do think I picked him. Or I would. There's other guys I would rather have. I was working off a stupid list that wasn't generating correctly, and I was I x that list out and brought on another list. But, and that's uh, what it said. Like when I got the email, that's what it said. It said, a quarterback with your number one pick, that is the terrible pick. Like, it, it blasted me for it. That's, that's <laughs> why I got a D-minus. But here's, but here's the thing. my the, That league, it's it's quarterback friendly. Uh, you get the same amount for touchdowns as you would, because uh, a lot of leagues do, like, four for a touchdown. This league's six. 
you still get the same bonus points if it's a long touchdown, you know, over 25 yards, you get points. It's one for every 25 yards. It's not like it's an anti-quarterback league. So you're going to get, right. you know, and the thing is. And in, my, in my defense, I had the seventh pick. So the draft went, it was McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara, Thomas. Elliot. Uh, or Elliot, Thomas, and then Henry. Derrick Henry. Henry went early. So, so if you have the seventh pick and all them guys are going, who are you taking? Devontae Adams. I, I, you asked me a question. I answered you. Right, right, right. You, no, but and, I, but here's the thing. You, if you wanted Mahomes, you had to pick him there. He had right, to. And I, because, wanted, I went into this draft thinking, like, like because I had Matt Ryan the past two years. The first year I had him, he lit it up. Last year, like, like it was like, what the fuck, he. He killed me, and then he was good, and then he killed me, and he was good. So I went into this draft like I wanted a quarterback. I wanted a quarterback that was going to light it up every week. Why don't you get Nick Foles? <laughs> the last time, the last time I took a quarterback early in the first round was the year after Tom Brady threw like fifty touchdowns. The first game, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but this is just right. this is just what I. That's the only time I ever did it. It was 2008. Tom Brady comes back, first game of the year, he breaks his leg or whatever happened to him, and I lost him for a year. I ended up trading, ironically, for Aaron Rodgers, who I took in the 10th round of this year's draft. I got Aaron Rodgers in the 10th round. Yeah. Um, but, hey, you know what? You weren't going to get Mahomes coming back. You might have, you would have gotten Lamar Jackson if you wanted him, but if you wanted Mahomes, you, you were going to have to grab him in the first because he was right. not He was. I know for a fact he was not going to make it back to you based on what number 12 was saying, so. Or number right. eleven, saying so. But anyway, uh, but besides it's that, not an exact science. No, no, it's not. It's it's dude. It's it's luck. It's you have to know what you're doing to a, to, to to a degree. But I figure we just do this real quick. Um, who are some guys that you would have on your radar late in draft? Because everyone knows, you know, early on, who you should take. Uh, don't take Todd Gurley in the second round. You feel like shit. Um, so we'll throw that out there. Um, I mean, that's either going to help you or haunt you, Sean. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Well, if Gurley returns to oh, 75% of what he was two years ago, I'm fine. His right. knees are bad. And thinking that, thinking that, Sean, like, like the Falcons got to kind of lean on him. I don't, uh, uh, Matt Ryan's fucking 34, 35 years old. If yep. you lean on him like that, he's going to he's gonna get hurt. He's he, not going to last. He's only 25 years old. I. Well, right. I mean, Tom no. Gur- Todd Gurley, you think you think of Todd Gurley? Oh, he's thirty years. He's twenty five years old. Right, like, like he the, Todd, he had one bad year, like three he's years. Got, he's got the knee of a sixty year old. Three years with the Rams, he lit it up, man. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I just, I still I still feel eh, about that. But anyway, who are some guys that are on your list that you would um that you would draft? That, you, that the people should have like a, their, like a people, late round sleeper, like like mid, um, mid round to late round, yeah. Number one, number one on that list to me is Deontay Johnson from the Steelers. Um, that he he had a really good year last year, but this year Ben's coming back, and the Steelers are known for a receiver coming out of nowhere. Um, they know how to develop receivers. They know how to draft them. 
So that's my number one, like mid to late round pick, Deontay Johnson. I I like that. Um, one I like if you're looking about the eighth, if you're towards the end of the eighth uh, and ninth round, uh, Zach Moss uh, for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a rookie. They draft him this year, obviously, and uh, he's going to take over the Frank Gore role of last year. But I think more so. I think Singletary had a decent year last year, but I don't think they're overly invested in him. And if Zach Moss really impresses them like he's been in camp, he has a potential not only to take over the Gore role of goal line back and 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 big yard situations, but uh, to be their starter or split carries. Or at least sixty forty, so he's worth a late, a mid to late round investment. So, um, another one on the on the tight end side, uh, Noah Fant. Um, he could be a guy that you you have to start because someone has a buy or something that could that could come in and get you twelve or fifteen points. Mm -hmm. Agree with that, and I will go with uh, Darius Slayton. I actually snagged him up late in ours, and I think the second last pick, or maybe the third to last pick, I, I grabbed him. Uh, came on strong. He has a repertoire with Daniel Daniel Jones in New York, and uh, I don't. I'm not a believer in Sterling Shepard. I think he had. He was kind of a. I'm not going to call him a flash in a pan, but he had one good year, and ever mm-hmm. since he's kind of been. Eh. Slayton is explosive. And he, he caused a lot of damage, and I think he's going to be a decent receiver for them. So, late. I mean, you're talking 12th round, start right. on up Darius Slayton in your leagues, uh, you know, check him out. So, I'll go with it. I'll go with one guy who, who's been pretty much written off, and he's looking to prove something, Corey Clement. Late, yeah. I mean, you know what? I, I'll tell you what, Gary, because there's not, um, there's not a, a, a big number of running backs – I, I, would you agree with that, Ryan? Like, I felt that on our draft, because our, our draft is a redraft, complete 100% redraft league. And uh, no keepers, nothing like that. And um, running backs, I mean, went downhill yeah. quick. Yeah, Sean, that's a very good point. Um, when I came back around in the second round and Aaron Jones was still there. He was the last I was, one. I was, I was surprised so the fact that I got Aaron Jones in the second round, I would, like I, I feel really good about it. Um, but after that, like like I was struggling. Um, like I, I almost said fuck it and just went receiver, receiver, receiver. Um, who's but your, um, who's the other running back? A, a guy like later in the draft. Um, Boston Scott might get you some points, man. Yeah, but yeah, he does, and, and and that's the thing. Like Miles Sanders and Boston Scott go down. The next one, as of now, unless Adrian Peterson gets picked up by the Eagles, which is you know there's a lot of talk about it. But um, uh, Clement could, I mean he he could he could get some points. That's, yeah. that's not a bad late late round guy to just take, especially if you have Miles Sanders, you know someone like that just to handcuff. Uh, that's not a, that's not a bad move. So yeah. Uh, so good luck in your fantasy drafts this year, and uh, you know it, it's it's all about fun and having having a good time and breaking balls and all. I have I have actually I have, so I have an online one tomorrow night during the fucking Flyers game. So uh, I'll just be looking at my phone, and that's about it. 
Uh, I'm not worried about that league. <laughs> and I have one in person on, on Labor Day. So, uh, yeah, and I'll, that'll wrap it up. The Phillies won, by the way. Awesome. Did you want to talk about the Steagles or, or Gar? Was there something? I, I want to get a little bit into their uh, their injuries. Like their defense is getting decimated every time you turn around and the defensive players hurt. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Willie Parks is going to be out four to six weeks now. I know. Hargrave's hurt. Um, who else is banged up? I mean, they ain't got much, much else. I mean, they did resign that one quarterback, which means it looks like Sidney Jones is on his way out. Yeah, I'm out on him. He, he's a boss. Um, You're out on Jones? Yeah, like he's a boss. Like he's had opportunity after opportunity to, to come in and take, just take the position. Because and there's, there's been times where he looked really good, then he ends up hurt. Yeah, I mean, then he did. Then he make a play to win. Um, he, he, he made a couple, a couple of them last last season, Ryan, where he, with the place that he made helped them win that game. Right, right. Um, have you one? Just two games. Nickel Roby or what the fuck's his name? Mikel Mikel Roby. Yeah, dude, he's um, he he's making a name like apparently in camp, and and they're thinking he might be the starter on the other side of Slay now. I mean, that's some shit. They're saying he's learning a lot from Slay. Uh, dude, this is going to be a different-looking secondary. I mean, Jalen Mills, I guess, is going to be playing. Safety, and he's safety. playing very well. Playing yeah, like, that's a word you're hearing. Like, he's looking very well, very good at safety. I just hope the only, the only concern I have with that, he better fucking tackle. I mean, really, that's, that's my main concern about Mills back there. Yeah, that, and that's a very good point. I think he'll be better. Because everything's going to be in front of him. I think you're going to be seeing him making a lot more hits with, well, when the ball's contacted to the offensive player, rather the, than have to make a chasing play. He has the potential to be a ball hawk, that kind of yeah. safety where he's you can't throw deep because he's going to pick it off because he he knows how to play the ball, and yeah. and uh, he has the potential to do that. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Slay obviously has a, a pedigree of picking off passes too, so. They can that's be a, a good, that's a good point with Mills, though, because um, like like Mills' best plays, like when he was playing corner, was inside the red zone because like, you didn't have the, you didn't have the room to get behind them. Right. But the thing, so, is, so the fact that he's playing safety and everything's going to be in front of him, like it makes sense that you're hearing good things about him playing safety and out of camp. Yeah. But also, the fans have to understand he's not Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, he's he's just that's not who it is. Malcolm Jenkins is gone. Yeah, they don't. The, the Eagles, whether Mills plays good or not, they don't have a stud safety. No, McLeod's a good safety. He's they got good. serviceable guys. Yes, right. Um, if they're gonna, so the best you can hope for is that they're solid at that position, which is good enough. Well, that position's not my concern. It's linebacker. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't Who's even, our starting linebacker right now? I, I don't I don't even know. I I, I, I have no idea. I two did. rookies. It's it's not good. I it's not a good look at all. Now Brad did Brad get resigned by somebody? No. I mean, if why he's still free agent, he probably most likely ends up back here. Why do you you say know that? you know you know who our veteran linebacker is? 
Nate yeah, Gary. Fucking Gary. Yes. Well, all right. So Nate, so Nate Gary would be. St- wouldn't you think he'd start? I would think Gary would start. He has to. Like who? Who else is going to? And and he's actually a player. So someone asked. Um, I think it was on Twitter. Someone said, you know, who's a player that um, you expect to make the biggest impact that would be a surprise? And mine was Nate Gary. Uh, Gary actually, he's involved in a lot of plays. Uh, he 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 he's always around the ball. I I I think he's a decent linebacker. I don't think he's, I don't think he should be your starter. See, Sean and I can and I completely agree with you. Like I think that's the problem. Nate Gary is a good complimentary he's player. Starter, yeah. But but the fact that he's probably your number one starter at linebacker right now, that's a problem. What is with this team historically ignoring that position? I, I just don't understand it. I mean, really. I, 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 Andy Reid was here for 14 years. The only thing he did, was, and he didn't even do it. But the only linebacker they ever had while he was here was fucking Trotter. 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 And Trotter, if I'm not mistaken, was Trotter before he was even here? Yeah, Ray Rose drafted Ray him. Ray Rose drafted him, right? Before that yeah, was – He left and then he came back. Willie T. Willie T was the one before him. I mean, real – and obviously before that, we had the great defenses in the early 90s. Yeah, Joyner and Willie yeah. and who was the other one? Uh, Byron, Byron, Byron Evans. Evans, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they've ignored that position basically since Trot. My, yeah, I, Mark Semino, Kirk Covea. Let me get the fuck out of here with these guys. I don't get it, and that you know that was the problem. Like, um, what was the fat uh, Levon Kirkland? Yeah, <laughs> he called the fat guy. Call, he calls us, man. That dude blew the Super Bowl. He was terrible. And that's the problem, like, like as it's going on, the the Phillies are sixteen and seven against the NL East. Wow, six of those losses are probably against the Marlins. <sighs> sixteen and seven. Wow. So, um, but the problem, um, like as it's going on and time has passed, um, I think we're all okay with the Jalen Hurts pick, but there was a linebacker there that you probably should have talked. I mean, they had to do something. They, they, they drafted him because Wentz is, his health is a concern. They're they're worried about Wentz being durable. That's why they drafted him. Really? Yeah. Can't imagine then why they pay him. Well, I mean, there, there's got to be some type of reasoning why they drafted such a quality quarterback at that at that spot, Ryan. And all I can think about is they're worried about Wentz staying upright. Well, they obviously would be. I mean, they they kept Foles around the year after the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, they, 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 you know, they, they let him go because he was going to be owed twenty million dollars, you know, two years ago. So they let him walk after that. But this, and he's not worth twenty million dollars. No, and I, mean, I love I love Nick Foles, but he's not a twenty million dollar quarterback. Who was here last? Who was the backup last year? I'm trying to remember. Who was here? It was last year? Uh, McCown. Yeah, oh, yeah Josh McCown. McCown. That's right. So you go out and you you, you drag him out of retirement. So obviously it's a it's a concern ongoing. It's an on it's an ongoing problem that they, they, they see. And look, you look around the NFL in general, it's not just Wentz. You look around in the NFL in general, a lot of teams try to 
grab up these guys, these quality backups, because they know that these guys are one hit away from from your your entire season can change if you don't have a quality backup. Yes. So that's why, like, I, I look at the Aaron Rodgers situation, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him for taking a, a back, you know, quarterback. Like, he, the backlash that that team received, like, the minute they picked Jordan Love, like, I get it. Did you hear it? Take, the, the, yeah. the, 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 take 2019 away. Three years prior, Aaron Rodgers was injured. Like, like and he's 35, 36 years old? Yep. Like, at some point, you got to move on. And Jordan Love, like, the fact that he was there when they were picking, how do you not take him? Yeah, I know. You have to get some sort of insurance policy, but at the same time, get a future policy because Aaron right. Rodgers is 36 right. years old. And Jordan Love is, was highly regarded. Like, like I, he, uh, you give him two years on the bench, he – he could be a star in the NFL, man. Yep. I agree. <laughs> I agree. All right. Well, let's uh, let's call it a show. There's one more thing, dude. Yeah, go for it. We got to talk about the um, Ertz contract situation. Yeah, we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, I don't think that there's any bad blood. Uh, so. Negotiations broke down this week between Ertz and the Eagles, and they're ended. And, you know, whatever. I don't think there's bad blood. I think it's business. I don't think Ertz is the type of player that's going to just hang it up because he doesn't. Not hang it up. I, I, you know what I'm. You know what I'm trying to say. Hold no. a garage. Yeah, hold a garage. So, so let's put the details out. So apparently they offered him less guaranteed money than they did back in what was it December? Yes. And then. Overall, the value of the contract was less than what Austin Hooper is making in Cleveland. But then look at what the Eagles have salary cap-wise. Right. They are stranded. So I I can't actually look at this and go, oh, they're being cheapskates. And they're not getting They're not. They're not they, just, they can't. Um, you, you can't pay everybody. So, so, I mean, over the next year or so, the the Eagles are going to have to make a choice. You either extend Ertz or you move on and you sign Goddard. Um, me personally, Zach Ertz, I love you. You're probably the best tight end we've ever had. But just the situation we're in, it's not personal. I'm signing Goddard. You have two years left on that deal. You let it play out those two years. Right. You, you have money. You you have a guy on a rookie contract. He's, he would still be on a rookie deal next year. You can sign him to an extension instead of signing them both because then Goddard will be due after next year or two years maybe. So now you're looking at two tight ends making an astronomical amount of money. You, you can't. You can't do it. Right. You can't right. do it. So, so Goddard's going into his third year, which means after this year, you, you have to make a decision on him. Like, you have to, and again, you can't pay everybody. Um, so, I think, I think Zach Ertz winds up attacked casually, and he's just not here. We talked about that a few weeks ago where there's going to be some names starting next year that we've become familiar with and we love. 
they're going to be like, yo. And I think Ertz might be one of them. I would be, I would be, I'm going to say 80 20 that they don't resign. Yeah. I, like, they can't. I'd be shocked. They can't. Like, again, you can't pay everybody something. Like, like you said, Sean, um, we talked about it last week. There's going to be two or three names that, that just. It, it's just the situation they're in. Zach Ertz is going to have to move on. Yep. I agree with you. I love him. Like, he helped us get a ring. Probably the greatest tight end we ever had. Yep. But what can we do, man? Like, if I have to choose between Ertz and Goddard, just just because of the youth thing, I'm signing Goddard. Yeah, I have to, I have to agree. I have to agree. Um, it's just it, it's it's a tough situation they're in, but you have so many other needs on this team, and and you you, you put a lot of money out for Wentz. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders is going into his second year, so you have some time there. Uh, but your offensive line's getting older. Mm-hmm. Your defensive line's getting older. Like you can't, you, you, you have to sacrifice. Your wide receiver core did get younger. Uh, you know, yeah, you, with Rager and Hightower and these these other guys, you, you you definitely got younger there, which is which is good because you needed to. You just got to hope those guys pan out. I mean, those receivers might not. What if they don't work out? Right? Then you're screwed. Right. But you know, but we'll, as many as they drafted. As many as they sign, like you gotta believe two of them are gonna work out. Yeah, I would think so. I would, I right. would hope so. Yeah. But. All right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I love them, but um, like over the next year or so, like you have to make a decision. Ertz or Goddard. Yeah. You're not gonna have them both. Yeah. If I'm if I'm Roseman, it makes more sense to keep Goddard. Right and. This is not a dig on Earth. No, not at all. Not not in the least. But but like Goddard to me is never gonna put up the numbers that Earth does. But overall he's probably a better tight end. Because of the blocking thing. Um like he's not as much as a liability on the offensive line. Right. But he's never gonna put up the kind of numbers. That no, and, and no, he won't. But it, and, and at the same time, though, just the age aspect, the future of the team, and where you're going to invest your money. Are you going to invest in a guy who's going to turn 30 next year? Are you going to right. Are you going to invest Goddard's in a guy who's going to be what 25? Maybe. Yeah, I would. Right. I would assume he's going to be 25. Maybe. 20. You know, five five years younger. Five years is a long time in the NFL, man. That's a lot right. of years. That's a lot of years. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Luckily, it's not our decision to make. Yeah, because it's tough. Yeah. Well, Rye, I'll speak for the other two that it was a good yeah. show. It was a fun show. It was, man. This is, uh, um, a lot of content tonight. A lot of it content. Was. We covered a lot of ground. Yep. We really we did. did. Yeah, we did. I, I knew when I when I came up with the agenda, I'm like, oh, man. This, this, this could be a long one. But I was like, eh. Let's try to let's try to shorten up some of these subjects a little bit. We don't want another three-hour show tonight, so. But it turned into that, didn't it? Uh, two and a half. Not, not too bad. Not bad. Not too bad. 
All right, we will see you guys uh, next week. Corner Pub Sports. Uh, yeah, we- good good luck with your fantasy drafts. Um, next week we'll be talking about the first, you know, official NFL game and uh, preview the NFC East and the AFC East. We'll give our Eagles predictions. Uh, how that, how that division is going to turn out? It should be fun. Next week's going to be fun. Yeah, that's that, that that's going to turn into a thing. I can see it now. And we're going to try to uh, try to get a fun uh, Eagles related guest on. We'll we'll see how that goes. So we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening and watching on Corner Post Sports. Hey guys, give us some comments, man. Let me let us know how you um make out on your uh, your fantasy drafts. Yeah, that's a good idea. Good idea. All right, we'll see you guys next week.